0: Steph Gordon is here with me to bring to you a Christmas list. It's not a wish list, though. This is a list of 12 items that you never want to hear, but you're always going to hear them because we live in an utterly overridden by feminist society. This is the 12 lists of retarded Christian feminist refrains you're always going to hear. And let me give you a little bit of historical context. Over the last year in particular, Steph and I have partnered with friends of ours, Michael Knowles, some other good people at the Daily Wire, Rachel and Andrew Wilson, who are our Eastern Orthodox friends, and some good Protestants besides to popularize the anti-feminist message. And there has been a response. The response has been mostly favorable, right?
1: Yes, indeed.
0: But what we've noticed starkly is that on the other side of things, the Christian feminists have absorbed the blow, and conservative feminists too, have absorbed the blow, and many of them have said weepy bleary-eyed things like, oh, this will forever be known as the year 2023 that conservatives and Christians turned on their own women. No, we turned on our feminists. You are the worst. So Christian and conservative feminists are worse than far left feminists. And because they're so bad and they're so insidious and they're such a circular square, a mongrel mutt that doesn't know what it is, whether it's coming or going. You're going to hear 12 very stupid, confused, or confusing refrains, and we're going to address them one by one. This show, <laughs> like the last dumper show, was written by Mrs. Stephanie Gordon. Now, I she arranged that entire one. I've arranged more of this, but a lot of the good show ideas come from this bona fide anti-feminist.
1: I've got my most extreme Christmas gear on for this show. A nice blanket and a very cold cup of coffee. So I'm ready to
0: go. <laughs> Nothing like a, an, an old cup of cold coffee, as Andy Bernard said. Yo, I mean, look, here's, here's how it be. What, yeah, with your Christmas dress, I'm just going to address that. <laughs> we're very irreverent people. Now, we're very reverent.
2: We're reverent when where we, it counts.
0: When we attend a Tridentine Latin Mass, whew, me and you get reverent. Mm-hmm. But um, with all other matters of the faith, particularly dealing with other, you know, Catholics, ordo Catholics, trads, you know, I mean, we, we, love, we love us some TLM. But all of the stupid leitmotifs that arise in the trad world, like don't do this, do this, don't wear that, wear that, we just... We couldn't be any more irreverent and you guys already know this but <laughs> steph wore her 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 christmas dress happy advent everyone happy saint nicholas day i tweeted out yesterday that um is it okay or should i be shot for celebrating saint nicholas's day on saint nicholas's feast day anyway we're, we're just having a spot of fun that's what we do here but seriously this 12 item list is the work product of three years of or really four years of writing and releasing books and being turned on by people who ought to have at the very least appreciated the effort even if they think we're high functioning illiterates <laughs> and the composition's bad you you got to appreciate what we did for you when we at the very least released this Catholicism versus feminism which is basically all of our sources from ask your husband in the case for patriarchy and, you know, you don't have to read any of our pesky prose in it. A lot of people prefer those books with their prose. But um, we didn't get any of that love, right? Aside yeah. from some some good folks at Daily Wire, like Knowles, Blurb the book endorsed it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the the best folks in the church endorsed both of our books. Yeah, uh, Didn't Bishop Strickland endorse one? I think he endorsed first, my book. Yeah. I can't remember. Mother Miriam, temporarily endorsed yours. I, I mean, some really good people. But we have gotten backbiting. And when we're addressing the dames and some fellas in the church by taking down these retarded 12 refrains, we're, we're addressing things that really caught us off guard. When we wrote these books, right?
1: Yeah, and this is, this is hopefully this is a fun show for everybody. These are the, the 12 stupidest things that typically women say to us when we're talking about um, anything anti-feminist.
0: or womanish men. Uh, that's what I say, but Wh- what's
1: even worse yeah. is when yeah. men, literal biological men start saying <laughs> these things. That we typically hear from women. So hopefully we can unpack some of this. And when you're w- watching a video of ours in the future and you see one of these stupid things like being posted underneath there, just remember our words use our, <laughs> use our responses
0: to the responses. It's kind of funny psychologically, ain't it? How like, you hear feminist. Mm-hmm. I'll hear things 12 stupid feminists say or 12 stupid things stupid feminists say. And you're thinking, you know... A, like an ugly lady dressed like a bus driver with with you know a, a flat top <laughs> and Birkenstocks and baggy pants and she likes uh, women's soccer women's sports in general and you want to keep her away from your wife because you know she might sexually harass her or something. But no, it's not just them. It could be, that was a man. What does Michael Scott say?
1: Sometimes I'll see these comments and I'm not even looking at the name. And then I'll see like in a little round picture, like a man's face. And it's just like, oh no.
0: (laughs) More tragic than the uh, flat-topped butch woman is when a man says these things. And I'm sad to say there have been a lot of men that are Christian feminists, Catholic feminists. In the ranks and i mean it, it like what i was trying to remember is michael scott saying um uh someone comes up behind you in a dark alley and they say yo that's that's shizzle give me your wallet and he goes were you thinking of a young black man that was a nope. white woman <laughs> so, so shame, shame on, on you, you. <laughs> that, that's what that's what we're thinking you hear these stupid Dumb. Karen, so uh, <laughs> dead-eyed suburbanite, you know, faithless Christian, bourgeois Christian things to say.
1: And can I say too? Like, and
0: you're thinking of a woman. Yeah. It, it's really a man. It's a lot of times.
1: It's funny, too, because a lot of times women say these things in chat or just like, like I could tell like on Twitter and they really think they're letting you have it, mister. Like, yeah. how, like it's just always yeah. women have like they say things when they're trying to be. I guess sassy or really putting you in a place like they think that they're actually coming across as tough or really putting you <laughs> in the place. But it's really just embarrassing <clears throat> and silly and jejune and childish.
0: <laughs> so jejune. <Yeah. laughs> well, I want to remind everyone before we get rolling, please, for the love of Pete, for the love of St. Nicholas or today, St. Ambrose, his feast day is today. Like and subscribe to this video and this channel because we need a higher subscriber ratio. We got plenty of views every video we make. We need a higher subscriber rate. Please subscribe and like. Leave a comment, I like cookies is good enough. If you wanna support the channel, the way to do so is by means of Subscribestar and Locals. No, we're not on Patreon anymore. That's because we got kicked off for doing something barely any Catholics are out there doing. Andrew and Rachel Wilson are out there doing it. Um, Michael Knowles is sticking his neck out Mm -hmm. on Daily Wire doing it, You know, attacking IVF amongst all the conservatives out there. That's called sticking your neck out, and you get deplatformed. We got deplatformed. I got deplatformed from Patreon. So support us on Locals and Subscribestar. And yes, this time of the year... You know, every every $5 subscription counts. So thank you very much. Also, support yourself. It's an election year in 2024. Get out of your blue state. Get to a red state. I suggest the blood red swath of states in the southeastern part of this country where it's blood red swath from Texas to Florida. Go to www.realestateforlife.org. The life you save may be your own. <laughs> now, should I Let's like get
1: a seed? Like Homer Simpson into the bushes so you can show our board? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I'll just I'll just do it without it. So item number one, you can see Christian feminists are retarded. It's a 12-item list. They're so dumb. I mean, they, they're, so dumb. they're really dumb. They're in many, many, many ways. Yes, I know they're technically brothers or sisters in Christ, but they're dumber in many ways than Regular feminists. So there, there's a sneak peek.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If you're watching this video, not live but on record, you can pause it and you'll know the lay of the land, what's coming. Um, they, they are retarded, right? Because a, a, a secular feminist at least knows what it is. <laughs> they do say it. But, but a, a Christian feminist doesn't know what he or she or they is. <laughs> Right, it, it's it's um, a dog that wants to be a cat, a circle that wants to be a square. Now, because they're so wrong, and because Christianity is so robustly irreverently in favor of the patriarchy, they they, they have to resort to item number one, ad hominems. This was Steph's idea to just <laughs> m- mock the ad hominems they throw at you. Things like, um, well, you know you know what things these are, because you get. You're the direct object of such slurs all the time. What do they say? To you oh,
1: they love it. About? Okay, uh, my favorite, and I know Rachel Wilson out there gets this a lot too. Like you, they accuse, who we're bringing on the show. Yeah, soon. who I want to have on the show soon. I always get accused of. I don't actually think the things that I think, or that Tim is making me think the things that I think. It could just be, let's just use our imaginations for a while, that I heard what Tim was saying and wanted to subscribe to his newsletter and hear more of his ideas because I found them intriguing.
0: <laughs> Before I even it could had a newsletter. Be that. Or just or just you helped point out a lot of these things to me. Is and it? we we pieced it together. It's not that hard, people. It's a principle of nature and supernature. Right. It's obvious.
1: It's right, yeah. And also, I think from from myself personally, it's like I, you come to the truth the more you see it and the more you live life and you kind of go through mistakes in life and you're like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. So, yeah, eventually I am developing this point of view as I become more into the faith. But it's so ridiculous to me, these women, that actually they hear something they don't like or they don't want to hear from another woman when I'm saying things about anti-feminism and they just – the only thing they could think of is like, takes one to know one. Or (laughs) like, you don't actually think the way that you think. It's like, but the thing is, I I actually really do. And uh, the truth of the matter is, is that a lot of the more, how would you put it? Like, saltier shows when we're talking about women are usually my idea. So (laughs) deal with that however you want to deal with it. Um,
0: The only true misogynist in the Gordon household is named Stephanie (laughs) I mean, I've, I've been called this, as you can imagine, quite a bit. But um, Steph is the only true one because she's she's not a fan of most of the ladies. Yeah, uh, let's just it's... say that. Now, they also will say you're going to get a divorce in some amount of years. What could we do? I mean, these are also non-falsifiable propositions, right? right? But what, what could we do besides putting up, I don't know, large sums of money and being like, if we ever divorce, we will give away all of our finest possessions. <laughs> and like signing it in blood or something like that. Because literally, I would feel like we have nothing on the line. That's no. We have no lives aside from each other. Work is the thing. Right. We're always the- working angles. You guys are going to be starting to see in early 2024 how many angles we're working with so many of our friends I've mm-hmm. mentioned earlier. Not just matchmaking, but but bigger things than that even works the thing. But also, we really, video games are the thing. And yeah, being right with on. each other and our kids is really the thing. We're not going to get a divorce. Yeah, it's funny. There's 0.00 chance.
1: I'd like for all of our detractors to get out their recorders and record me saying this right now so that you will never have to use it. I promise you... To those that say, "Oh, you're gonna get a divorce," that is never going to happen. It will never happen. And I know a lot of really good Christian marriages out there, like the Wilsons and stuff. Like I just—it's so funny when people say that to me. Oh, you'll get a divorce. How about this? I'm publicly saying that will never happen. So do with that again as you
0: will. <laughs> as Navin R. Johnson's mother says to him in the jerk. I would love you if you were the color of a baboon's ass.
2: Thank you. So it just,
0: (laughs) that's not going to happen. I mean, none of these are going to happen. I'm not saying that you're going to get a divorce is any more reasonable than, um, she doesn't really believe that. (coughs) It might be more offensive. It's a horrible thing to say. Yeah. Particularly for these Christian feminists. But, um, oh, they also say another horrible one. Your kids won't talk to you when you're older. Our kids are very fond of us as well. we, we play with them and watch movies pretty much all the time that we're not working or praying or doing chores around the house, which is as maximal as we can make it. They, they like us a lot.
1: Yeah, and that's another one I'm going to go public, publicly promise you on. 10 years from now, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that all of Tim's six daughters and one son will have a very strong relationship with him. That's the thing, guys. And with you. Well, yeah, but people say that with you, like, oh, he's so anti-feminist. He has so many daughters. Like, they're going to hate him when he grows up. I guarantee you that isn't going to happen. And the reason why a lot of women think that is because their dads were so crappy that that's why they're feminists, is because they didn't have a strong male leader in the household, a strong male father. If you are lucky (laughs) enough to have a man, a father in your life, who cares about you and spends as much time with you as Tim does and a lot of the other men that we know who are staunch anti-feminists the kids are going to love you they're going to appreciate that so this is just this is something that's so stupid that feminists say and i'm always kind of laughing to myself cuz i'm like these women have the ideology they have typically because They've had bad fathers. And then they're the ones going around telling husband, men who actually spend so much time on their children and love them deeply and just really treat them well. Like, Oh, your kids aren't going to talk to you in 15 years. It's so dumb.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah. Like if either Steph or I are leaving the home, it's a catastrophe. The kid, We just have a great time. I, I don't know what to tell you. Youngsters out there who are looking to get married, if you... Get married and read Ask Your Husband while you're engaged. She's not only showing you how to have a happy, relatively holy life, which, of course, involves practice and discipline, but also a very, very fun life. Um, These are stupid things. And feminists are, Christian feminists anyway, I'm not sure about secular feminists, they are, backwards are, retarded. So, yes, the ad hominems are a last resort, but... I like to do last things first. So we'll get that out of the way. Let's go to all these stupid scare quotes. What if I'm just not fulfilled at home?
1: Okay. I love this one. I get this all the time from women in the comments. I am just not fulfilled at home. That's a disorder. So it's not something you really should be out there proclaiming to the world. If you're a woman who doesn't like to be at home, then you have a problem. It's, what what was the example that we were using earlier? Like, it's like a man saying, I just don't like uh, being with one woman for the rest of my life. I I really, I need, I need several women. I I can't commit to one. That's a problem. I need to have a
0: (laughs) menage wife because I'm not fulfilled unless I have a menage with with, uh, my wife and a supermodel. It's like, well, then there's something wrong with you. If you're not fulfilled at home and you're a lady, kind of, or a man, you know, when you work from home, when we all worked from home during COVID, we were like, this is amazing. Yeah. Only losers want to go out all the time. I mean, it's one thing if you live alone, but if you have a beautiful wife and a bunch of kids, what's wrong with you if you don't want to be around the home? But especially wives, it's especially disordered and there is something ugly and um misfigured and a very elephant man about that don't go around admitting it now if you think we're just mean which you yeah, know whatever you kind of are but if you think we're just mean then consider this it's it's a lot like a man saying i'm not fulfilled unless i have a menage." okay great what next show me the catholic magisteria Tim. well we brought the receipts today we're going to be reading more from Catholicism versus feminism, just the sources, than we ever have in the show. Aside from the show where I think we read the whole thing.
2: <laughs> Except
0: the, <that. laughs> There are very few behaviors in life so heavily regulated that the church dictates to us not only that we must do or not do a certain behavior, but even the disposition or attitude with which we must as a matter of grave matter, regard them. And women being at home, and not only being at home, but liking to be at home, is one of said issues. How do I know this? Well, consult the universal catechism, the Roman catechism. The duties of wives. Now we're going to get to some retarded claims that have been made In the last week that there are no male specific husband specific duties or no female or wife specific duties we're gonna have a good time with that one but we we have to rush through this other stuff because that one's gonna take so long to show how retarded it is consider the roman catechism listen to this the wife i'm not gonna read you the whole section because we're gonna read it again later the wife as part of her duty, should love to remain at home unless compelled by necessity to go out. And she should never pursue to leave home without her husband's consent. One more time. I'm going to read from this part of the catechism a lot. The wife should love to remain at home unless compelled by necessity to go out. That's hard necessity. I mean, that's that's a big deal. And she should never presume to leave home without her husband's consent. That's that's a, a bitter pill to swallow if you're a, a, a one of these Christian feminists, many of whom say, I'm just not fulfilled at home.
1: It's like, well, try harder. That means that, I mean, that's such a silly thing to say. You don't have hobbies. You don't have things you like to do. Um, you don't like, I don't know, doing anything other than going to some stupid, boring job that you can do around your house. It's just so dumb. It's dumb, it's dumb. <coughs>
0: You need to take my free Aristotelian ethics course because Aristotle tells you the way by which habit forms you. Virtue is not an act, but a habit. And what will be unpleasurable, pleasure or pain, is the litmus test for whether or not you've developed a virtue for Aristotle and for the Roman Catholic Church. So you'll start doing a new virtue and you'll hate it at first. You repeat it Mm -hmm. with the correct form and disposition and circumstances. And you will eventually, once you've snatched that virtue, done the act enough times habitually, the test will prove it to you, pleasure. It will be pleasurable. So what was once painful can become pleasurable. Same thing with the jettisoning of vices. What was once pleasurable to you, many people that grow in holiness note this, now becomes painful and you don't even have to shun it the way you did when you were halfway virtuous, that's called being continent. So our moral system bespeaks exactly how you confused, mongrelized Christian feminists out there can become better, better wives, better mothers. That's what all of you need to do. Um, To understand that the church actually dictates to you, you are to love to remain at home. If you are unfulfilled by this, it's a problem with you. That's a personal problem.
1: Yeah, that's a problem.
0: Consult Proverbs chapter 7, verse 11. She was a wild and rebellious woman who would not stay at home. That's interesting, isn't it? She was a wild and a rebellious woman who would not stay at home. Consult equally. Consult equally. Um, Pope Pius XI In Casti Canubi, this one's considered a dogmatic encyclical.
2: Let
0: me see. Um.
1: While you're looking for that, let me just say, because I know a lot of the feminists out there will say, oh, well, that's Catechism of Trent. There's a modern catechism. Ladies, again, I have to say this so many times. If the modern catechism does not rebut an earlier catechism's teaching, that earlier teaching continues into perpetuate forever right like we continue the catechism's teaching on the duties of wives until the church comes out and says no disregard that which it has never done so that teaching stands
0: here's here's uh, cassie Kanubi. if families particularly those in which there are many children have not suitable dwellings this is the kind of case that would compel a mother to go out, is what he's saying, and and you wouldn't, and it would be awful. If the husband cannot find employment and means of livelihood, it would compel the evil of a mother going out. If the necessities of life cannot be purchased except at exorbitant prices, same case. If even the mother of the family, to the great harm of the home, is compelled to go forth and seek a living by her own labor... If she too, in the ordinary or even extraordinary labors of childbirth, is deprived of proper food, medicine, or the assistance of a skilled physician, it is patent to all what an extent married people may lose heart, and how home life and the observance of God's commands are rendered difficult for them. If a mom is not at home or a wife is not at home, it makes it difficult to observe the commands of God because you're 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 violating one of the commands of God right away, to love to stay home. Indeed, it is obvious how great peril can arise to the public security, to society, and to the welfare and very life of civil society itself when such men are reduced to that condition of desperation that having nothing which they fear to lose, they are emboldened to hope for chance, advantage from the upheaval of the state and of the established order. So this is a big, big, big Deal. Women are supposed to love to stay home and society goes to ruin when they're not. You're going to hear that time and again in today's show. Did you have anything to say? To us, also, to
1: I'd like to say on that when women say I'm just not f- fulfilled at home, it's very selfish. It's also very childish because it presumes that you need to be entertained <coughs> like a child all day long. That you can't just suck it up, buttercup and do what's best for your family, which is obviously to be at home with your children and in service of your husband. It's so, this is just such common sense. But the problem is that we've heard so many women go around saying this, that people feel like they have to dignify that stupid remark with an answer. And the only thing I could think of is when women say that to me it's like, okay, you're dealing with a disorder. If you do not like if you're not fulfilled at being at home, that means that you're not doing what you need to you not you don't have the right attitude. So you need to rework yourself and learn to like to stay at home.
0: <laughs> Remember, the main thing that governs the lives of midwits and nitwits is hearing other midwits and nitwits speak falsity. They're like, oh, it's fine for me to think this then. Not hearing the gospel truth or pope's teaching authoritatively or the patristic fathers or scholastics mm-hmm. teach, but hearing enough, some modicum of midwits and nitwits saying the same false thing. You guys, I mean, not you guys, you guys are parish orphans of retrogrades, you're mm-hmm. cool, but those folk feel comfortable. Consult St. John Chrysostom. From the archives, The Wife's Domain, Christian History Magazine. Again, this is called The Wife's Domain. I thought there weren't proper duties to husband and wife. We'll see. Our life is customarily organized into two spheres, public and private matters, both of which were determined by God, says Chris Austin. To woman is assigned the presidency of the household. Presidency here means executorial powers, meaning when the husband's away, you have to do all the duties that run with being in the household. Not just be there, but be there and be responsible for it. I know this is obvious, but some people are actually questioning us To man, all the business of state outside of the home, the mm-hmm. marketplace outside the home, the administration of just, justice, this probably means inside the home, mm-hmm. government, the military, all other such enterprises. This means the public sector. A woman is not able to hurl a spear or shoot an arrow, but she could grab the distaff, it's a great adjective. Weave at the loom. She correctly disposes of all such tasks that pertain to the household. All of them. Including changing diapers, ladies. This is one of the most... <laughs> oh, yeah, you, I mean, you have to have your little ones near at hand. Not the big kids, but the little ones. Meaning all the household matters, especially those of rearing children. You're going to hear from a lot of saints and popes today saying all the same thing. It's all you. It's all you. You. Uh, she cannot express her opinion in a legislative assembly. Would for that. Yeah. We saw Nikki Ooh. Haley last night. But she can express it at home. And often she's more shrewd about household matters than her husband. There's a compliment. You guys are way better at getting the dishes done fast. Changing a diaper like Marge Simpson. She's doing four things at once. It's beautiful. Don't run from that. This is what you're Embrace gonna, it. Embrace it. She cannot handle <laughs> state business well.
1: Nope. Nikki Haley, who's the worst?
0: But she can raise children correctly. And children are our principal wealth. Well, I don't want that. Well, Nikki Haley probably out there saying, like Amy Coney Barrett, children are our future. They're a principal resource and wealth. Okay, then go the heck home and raise yours. Thank you. At a glance, she could detect the bad behavior of the servants and can manage them carefully. She provides complete security for her husband and frees him from all such household concerns. Oh my. All that, that, sounds, that sounds like an exaggeration or an overreaction to feminism. John Chrysostom, let me repeat it. She provides complete security for her husband and frees him from all such household concerns. If you think this is an old saint, hmm. St. Jose Maria Escrivá says the exact same thing. So
1: there are women's duties and men's duties.
0: That's what I'm telling Interesting. you. Interesting. That's that's Interesting. weird. Yeah, that's weird. You guys didn't <laughs> think we were dealing with cra- Christian transformers, but we are because dysphoria arrives from thinking that ergonomically we can surrogate one another's functions. Just a, a, another um, a couple points here. So... Yeah, twenty two seven. Let's let's go to actually, no, I think I think that's good enough for this. It's not reasonable not to be fulfilled at home. And like I said, there are very few aspects of life, I'm just putting the cap on here. Yeah. Where you not only have to do the duty to to act or not act a certain way, but you have to regard it a certain way. And mm-hmm. the and the church specifies
1: Tells women.
0: Je- yeah, think about Jesus with lust. Mm-hmm. He told the Jews, it's not just enough that you don't commit adultery. You're not even allowed to regard adulterously another man's wife or any wife, any woman other than your own. That's a big thing. That was a big change that Jesus worked upon Jews. You've committed adultery in your heart. A woman has adulterated her home in her heart. If she has this nasty feeling that home is an ugly place, well, you have to beautify it because you're... You're the, you have presidency there. Doesn't mean, definitely doesn't mean you're in charge of your husband, but you're the field general in charge of the home.
1: And you should be embarrassed if you're a woman and you're going out there saying, I'm not fulfilled at basically being a woman. Like, you should not be saying that. That should be something you should be embarrassed to say. Too many women are actually proud to say, I'm not fulfilled being at home. Like they sound like they're out splitting the atom or something. They're not. They're doing some menial, stupid job in replace of the actual great thing that could be doing in their lives and serving their families inside the home. If you're not fulfilled at home, learn to be fulfilled at home. I'm not scrubbing toilets all day long. These feminists that are out there doing these, they're supposed to be humorous videos of like, oh, a housewife. And they're like showing what they think a housewife is doing all day. And it's only just doing things that adult humans should be doing, like cleaning their bathroom from time to time or buying groceries to feed themselves. (laughs) Like just normal adult activities that everyone does, whether they're a housewife or not. I have lots of time in my day to pursue hobbies and things that I like to do, have fun with our kids. There's... Not every minute of my day is scrubbing toilets. So you have more
0: time, I'd say, than most. Yeah, because we're
2: because I make you it that get way.
0: efficient. Mm-hmm. You do things the way you like to do them. Right. I'll do my duty when I have to, and the rest of the time I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep for me. I, I think Juba says this to Maximus in uh, Gladiator. I love that part. Or even I figure out a way to do my duty in a way that's more palatable to me. You're right. great at that. I, I'd say mm-hmm. we together as a couple are great at that. Um, I think that's enough.
1: It's just a very unfeminine. Just stop saying that, ladies. It's gross. It's gross. It's yeah. very,
0: <laughs> very cringe, like everything else that these retarded Christian feminists say. Sorry, Steph. I so number three, <laughs> what she says, my husband, my hubby is not my boss. And there's an implication here that this it wouldn't be sexy. They'll say, the another thing they'll follow this up with, my hubby is not my boss. And speak for yourself is um, another thing will be it's not sexy if your husband's your boss. That's really, that's not sexy. The ironic thing here is that um, these marriages that are troubled by dysphoria, where the man thinks he's the woman, the woman thinks she's a man, assuming that you're not dealing with actual Skittles type individuals, is they're radically not attracted to each other.
1: Yeah, right.
0: And households with complementarian relationships. The man's the man, which definitely always means boss. Every man's born to be a boss. Mm-hmm. The woman's his helpmate. Help meet is the correct term. It's changed uh, throughout Middle English. Um, she's literally there to fit like a glove, like a puzzle piece. And they work together, really, in all things. She is the helpmeet underneath him. That's tremendously complementarian and sexy. And right. those are the couples that are really attracted to each other. So it's funny. You get enough nitwits saying this thing. Oh, my husband's not my boss. And even if he were, don't say that. It's not sexy. Um, that's radically untrue. I'm I, All I did to show you what complete nonsense this is, hogwash, is I googled... Um, Why am I attracted to my male boss? And there are so many, HuffPo, uh, all these smutty, uh, even feminist-inclined rags, saying, yeah, it's very natural for a woman to be uh, attracted to her boss, just hundreds upon hundreds of Because he has the
1: actual authority that they can't argue with, right? Women in the workplace, they're not, they're treating their bosses in the workplace so much better than their husbands if their boss is coming to them and saying hey i need you to stay late hey i need you to do this unpleasant task hey this wasn't done correctly you need to do it right the first time or else we're gonna have a problem they're like oh okay okay i'm sorry. okay oh okay if a husband says anything to a wife that along those lines it's immediate war it's so funny to me women who say this cuz it's like oh, well, I have a problem with boss. Well, the Bible says he's your head, he's your leader. Like or my lord, you have to call your husband my lord. It's like wh- you're you're getting hung up on words when the principle is very clear in scripture throughout. It's not proof texting. I just went through the entire Bible to find all these verses and ladies, it's all throughout the bible it's a consistent theme like your husband is a hundred percent your head sorry it's the truth
0: (laughs) proof texting is one of them one of the things they'll actually say when you have so much evidence on your side that they have nothing else to say we'll address that as number nine Mm -hmm. not my boss um once again i had to explain to a young friend of mine The gross cuckolding of all men whose wives have work. They're being cuckolded in a non-gender specific way by the workplace. But most of these young wives, more than half of them, it's like 65% of bosses are still male. They're trying to change that. um, Are male. And literally what Steph just said is something that you need to regard again. Take another look at. Countenance again. If you tell your wife, "Hey, um, here's the thing. Um, well, I don't know. I'm I'm picking the most random thing. How how many minutes a day are you exercising? Forty-five. Okay, yeah, yeah. Up that five minutes. Uh, just do do fifty minutes of exercise Mm -hmm. a day. Right. Total boss decision. No question here. This is the kind of thing. I'm not saying all husbands regulate this, but every husband has the right to. Mm -hmm. This would create pandemonium for even most of the right-of-center Catholics out there. What? Why? Well, because I deem you need it, but 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 whoa, I'm not going to give that answer. But now imagine the same woman at work. She goes to work and the husband and the boss, the male boss is like, hey, I need you to stay an extra half hour tonight. Not five minutes extra on the treadmill, but I need you to stay an extra hour, 60 minutes or half hour. No questions asked. No. Nope. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get that done. I mean, I had I had something um, after after work, but I'll, I'll get it done. That's the most your wives, husbands with working wives, will say to this other man, who's basically the husband. He's the husband, or receives the due care and the due discretion and the due uh, the regard for authority from better times. You're being cuckolded. And then if you try to say anything, hey, yeah, you know, just, um, I don't know, let's, let's, uh, let's have chicken an extra time per week and beef one less time. I mean, it doesn't all have to be about looks and, and weight and, and things that are going to get all the you know, chubby feminists in a tussy, a whatever that is. It could be something even just like, hey, let's have more chicken, less beef or vice versa or whatever, Fewer enchiladas, more enchiladas, you know, whatever it is. And you're going to get pushback. These same guys with working wives are going to get pushback from their wives. Whereas the wives who do work will not push back one iota against their male boss at work. Think about that. You are being cuckolded.
1: It's funny too, a few thoughts on that. The women who are in the workplace, they're oftentimes like terrors at home with their husbands, not letting their husbands tell them anything. But they're also like the Dwight Schrutes in the workplace. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, where if the boss says something to like a group of people... Those women are typically the ones like you guys all have to follow exactly what he says. You're the one. She's the one that's sending the emails like, okay, this needs to be done exactly how the boss wants it to be done. Mr. Carruthers said
0: he wanted uh, hospital corners or whatever. Mr. Carruthers
1: has told us that we all have to stay late tonight. You know, she's the same one that's out there. Don't roll your eyes.
0: Yes, she's the good Nazi. That's what I'm saying. That's how I mean, again. We, we tend to regard our children very closely and spend a lot of time with them. But if it's ever like, hey, we're going to do the rare early bedtime, and I tell you that. You're the one out like, hey, dad says early bedtime. I don't want no no eye rolling, no anything, whatever. The kids don't do that anyway.
1: I'm the, the but Dwight Shrewd around the house. You're
0: the Dwight Shrewd around the house. That's how it damn well should be. <laughs>
2: yeah. Men,
0: and, and and if you think that's fake or you think, oh, only some woman without a good personality does that, think again. You just need to get yourself a good woman.
1: Your wife. Bad
0: women are Dwight Schrute's at work. <laughs> yeah. Good women are the Dwight Schrute to the boss around the house. Listen, listen to all the the scripture that backs this up. Can I
1: just say too, just briefly before you yeah. go into the scripture on the yeah. exercise point? Because I know a lot of women are probably like getting out their smelling salts on that one. It's good for a husband to be noticing when you need to step up your exercise routine for your physical health. It just is. And if you're carrying extra pounds, if your husband's like, yeah, you should really take care of that, that's a great thing. It's better for your health. It's better for your sex life. It's better for your marriage in general. It's better for your self-esteem. And frankly, I'm tired of people pretending that that's not the truth. If your husband is telling you that, that's because he wants to desire you, ladies. He wants to sexually desire you. And if you're carrying something that extra pounds around your waist or whatever, and it's affecting your husband's sexual desire, that's a major problem and you need to take care of it. And frankly, it's just not that hard to do.
0: And if he's not regulating exercise, this is a this is an errand, but this is a, a tangent. But if he's not regulating your exercise and you're super good at doing it yourself, then, mm-hmm. then this doesn't apply. But if he's not regulating your exercise and you've let yourself go an extra seven, eight, 9 12, 20 pounds, then 99 times out of 100, he's got himself a a prawn addiction. So that's just the reality. Men, holy men that don't look, that, that keep their eyes in their skulls, that don't look at other men's wives at Target with the, the yoga pants or, or worse, outright prawn um, are ones that are like, hey, you know, help me. St. Paul says the way that a woman helps a man or a wife helps a husband
2: mm-hmm.
0: is to be frequently having physical contact and frequently... Um, as you're having physical contact, being desirable to one another. So very important uh, non throwaway tangent there. Common yeah. sense has eluded
1: everybody because women have taken over society where emotions just rule everything. And if something sounds mean or hurts someone's feelings, it automatically isn't the truth or it should not be said. I'm on the opposite score. I'm seeing that a weight epidemic with women in particular has been catastrophic for women's relationships with their husbands because men, it's just obvious, are physical creatures or visual creatures. That's how they relate to us. That's how they are attracted to women is because we are the fairer sex. Even in our older age, we can keep trim and we can keep our hair nice and, you know, we could do things to keep attracting our husbands. It's just common sense. And I'm not sorry to anybody for saying it. I'd say open your ears and hear it because it's the truth and you can keep banging your head against the wall. Oh, I can keep carrying around these extra pounds. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He should love me for who I am. Part of that's true. He should love your soul and he should bring you to heaven. Of course, there's that sort of love. But the question you should be asking yourself, which does matter, it does matter in in a marriage, is is your husband attracted to you? And you should do what you can do to increase that to keep your marriage strong and healthy and healthy. On into your old age.
0: More of a women love report cards, which is why they're always yeah. trying to please their boss. Why there's so much cheating that goes on between a woman and her boss's <laughs> boat? They like the little report cards because women are natural born followers. Oh. Every one of them. Men are natural born leaders. And guess what? Men giving their wives a little, hey, you know, you did great this month, but uh, touch up on this and that. They like that. It it increases sexuality between you. It doesn't diminish it. Man being his. Woman's boss increases that.
1: Can I just say something again real fast? On the report card thing, what I found so funny when we did like the dumper thing yeah. is how many women we're out there scoring themselves yeah. Yeah. on yeah. that. We did a thing, if, if you guys weren't aware of it, on Twitter. Followers. Yeah, we they're did like this funny followers. thing where we're like, if a woman does any of these things and you're in a relationship with her dumper. And we had so many feminists. It was hilarious. I knew exactly what they would do. I knew they would do this. They were outright scoring themselves and being like, look at how terrible I am. And they were like making notes and like sharing it and encouraging other women to take our test. to
0: <laughs> Your test. Isn't it It just like a woman, they want to float that out there on the internet, oh I did so bad on this. If they see enough other women, midwits and nitwits will will repeat it as long as they see other women failing it, then they'll act like they're proud, but if they were the only one, they wouldn't do it. That was so
1: funny. It was great. We probably
0: turned a bunch of lives around even with that. All right. But listen to scripture and the Pope's on, is your husband your boss? Hmm. That's interesting. Ephesians five, you know this one. Twenty three. The husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Hmm. And then it calls the husband savior of the wife. First Corinthians chapter eleven, but I want you uh, verse three. But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of every woman is man. Just the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors. Head. That's because he goes on to develop headship. A woman doesn't have headship. A man does. In other words, he is your boss, ladies. Uh, Titus, chapter 2, verses 4 to 5. You might know this one. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, what Steph does all day every day. Be self-controlled and pure. Be busy at home. Okay, remember there are duties of the home place, specific to women, to be kind, boring. Be subject to their husband so that no one will malign the word of God. So be subject to your boss. That's Titus 2, 4, and 5. Now there's also First Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Wives, in the same way, submit yourself to your own husbands. Repeating this. Are we taking this out of context, ladies? Or is this like the most obvious shit in the world? And it's in the Bible. All yeah, over the yeah, place. I thought so. I thought so. There was
1: a part There's, in the Bible where I read, uh, what I was reading, where you can find a man having to submit to a woman. It just isn't there. It's
0: a there. sin. Well, it's a sin. It a man that divests himself of his headship yeah. mortally sins. I just read that one. Right. There's Colossians chapter 3, verse 18. Wives, submit yourself to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Stop me when you find the context, Christian feminists. Because they all say, "Oh, we need the context. The context is... You guys need to rethink your lives, Learn rethink your inks, and and STFU. Go Read home. the Bible. Tell your your husband, your boss. Yeah, go. The the context is you need to go read the Bible. Um, let Because it's
1: all over the Bible. It is such a consistent theme that women are subject, wives are subject to their husbands. There's just no other context. If you're finding it in. Like every nook and cranny, and it's consistent, and it hasn't been contradicted in the Bible, then that's the context, ladies.
0: <laughs> now here's uh, Leo the Thirteenth in *Rerum Novarum*, also considered infa- as infallible as the Bible, uh, almost. Hmm. The mutual duties of husband and wife have been defined. Uh, Leo starts out by saying, we'll, "We'll come back to this later." Yeah. That that means there there are duties that overlap and there are ones that don't overlap. That's what he means by that. And he says the duties are specific functions in the home place done by husband and wife. I th- I thought that was absurd. No, it's not. Um, it's only he absurd goes when you tell a woman s- to change diapers. Yeah. <laughs> we need that much specificity, and they'd still they'd still ignore it or deny it. He says a few lines later, the husband is the chief of the family and the head of the wife. The woman, because she's flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, must be subject to her husband and obey him. Sounds like boss. Sounds, sounds like boss. Like
1: somebody's the head of the family and somebody is not an
0: equal. And somebody's an just equal. some follower. Yeah, <laughs> it no. doesn't
1: sound like there's equals in that situation. It sounds like somebody is a superior telling somebody else what to do and but the other one has to do it.
0: That's <laughs> just Leo the 13th, though. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay, so here's Pius X. It's basically all the 20th century <laughs> popes. In an address to the delegation of the Union of Italian Catholic Ladies. Whew, can you imagine what they would have done to him these days? Um, uh, uh, dig this. After creating man, God created woman and determined her mission. Here's her mission. Namely, that of being man's companion.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Help meet that means subordinate, who helps him in all his projects. And consolation. It is a mistake, therefore, to maintain that women's rights are the same as man's. Oh, Boom. Pius the tenth, uh, lumberjack. Wait, <laughs> what's that all about? That that sounds like um. Oh dear. Hold on, I, I even saw something in, oh, in the, the Schmitz fallacy, uh, page fourteen. So, but that's only Pius the the tenth.
1: That's very powerful to me when I think about woman's creation. That man that man was created first, and woman was literally only created. <laughs>
0: For man. <laughs>
1: for man. Yeah. For man from him.
0: Isn't that incredible?
1: I mean, the fact that Christian, like that that there are such a things as Christian feminists, when you talk about the origin of women being literally, we were created for men.
0: To do what we say.
1: From a man. Tasks.
0: <laughs> tasks and, and <laughs> consolation. From a man for a man. Woman is the glory of man. Man is the glory of God. Maybe this all has something to do with why women need to just shut up. <laughs> just shut up. There's oh also, I have the scripture to prove that. Go that. home. Tell your husband, you're the boss. I've been wrong this whole time. All my BS about context is wrong. We're still only on number three out What's of 12. What's your favorite dinner? What birthday. do
1: I look best in? And I'll be quiet. How much, <laughs> how much
0: per day should I exercise? How much better is our, lives, uh, is our life going to become together? Now, um... That's just Pius X though. How about Pius XI? How about Pius XI? I'm going to get
1: my blankie ready for that one.
0: Man is the head, woman <laughs> is the heart. Uh, wow. Okay, so man is the head, woman is the heart. In view of her most noble office as wife and mother and companion, uh, it does... It, it doesn't bid telling her that she's the heart does not bid her to obey her husband's every request, if not in harmony with recto ratio or dignity due to wife. This means he can't order her to sin. We've mm-hmm. always said that. Mm-hmm. Um, it forbids that exaggerated liberty, which cares not for the good of the family. It forbids that in this body, which is the family, the heart be separated from the head to the great detriment of the whole body in the proximate danger of ruin. For if the man is the head, the woman is the heart. As he occupies the chief place in ruling, so she may and ought to claim for herself the chief place in love. This also contradicts something we're going to talk about later. So that, that's her. That's Pius XI. In addition to Pius X and Leo thirteenth, saying the husband is the wife's boss. Sorry, ladies. I know you hate that. I know all the other nitwits out there are saying, well... That doesn't mean he's actually boss, right?
1: What about like he the is. women who say, "Oh, but JP2 the mutual submission. I the have problem him too. with that is we have that we have lots well, of things. He says
0: that he's that husband's your boss.
1: Yeah, he does say that. We actually I'll, have that. I'll it to you. Let's read that. But also, I'd point out that even if JP2 came out and said something along the lines of man is not the boss of woman, and women can do whatever the hell she wants to do. He could even say something that extreme. He didn't. He did not. He did not say that. He actually said something different. You can't go against scripture. You can't go against God himself. All throughout Scripture, saying this. So right. when women try to put this thing up against, uh, when we say things like, well, JP two, JP two is not our Lord and Savior, and even though he's a pope, he does he, he's not allowed to contradict. He can have private opinions. He if he if those private pin- opinions contradicted anything in Scripture, boom, he's wrong, and you go to Scripture. <laughs> it's very
0: simple. But when he <laughs> speaks alongside it, he can add his own gloss, sure. which he does, right. and it's helpful. Consider St. John Chrysostom. You guys aren't going to like John Chrysostom. Uh, Ladies, you're going to hate him once you learn what he really says about this. Oh. But if the dominion and headship of home be otherwise, meaning uh, wives, all is turned upside down and thrown into confusion. Just when the generals of an army are at peace with one another, all things are in due subordination. Whereas on the other hand, if they are at variance, everything is turned upside down. So I say it also is here. Wherefore saith he, wives, be in subjection to your own husbands as unto the Lord. In or, for an orderly home, the wife must be subject to her husband's authority. Being the takeaway principle there, again, he is your boss.
1: Obviously. He
0: is your boss. Let's go to another St. John Chrysostom. You guys are going to hate him. Why does the man have authority over his wife? it be asked. What has this got to do with women of the present day? This is in his day when I guess women were getting a little sassy. It shows that the male sex enjoyed the higher honor. Mm -hmm. Man was first formed. Steph just brought this up. Elsewhere he shows their superiority, men over women. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. That's 1 Corinthians. She was created for you, guys, your wife. For you, not you for her. That's just a fact. Doesn't mean you should be a jerk. But it's just a fact. She was created to be your helpmeet. To be your your work created. For whatever reason you were created for, mystiologically speaking, she was created to be helpmeet. That makes you boss. Why does he then, Paul, say this? He wishes the man to have the preeminence in every way, says John Chrysostom. But for the reason given above, he means let him have precedence and on account of what occurred afterwards. For the woman taught the man once, and made him guilty of disobedience and wrought her ruin. That's Eve. Therefore, because she made a bad use of her power over the man, or rather her, he means false, equality with him, God made her subject to husband. And, and other fathers actually disagree with Chrysostom. Most of them think she was, subject from, uh, she was subject to her husband. Eve was even before the fall of Adam and Eve. And, and Chrysostom itself is at variance with himself because he says this too. Um, that she was created second because he's already in charge of her, so that's that's something, right? The feminists don't love that. How about if we go to?
1: Were you gonna read JP two on this?
0: I think I have him on this. Yeah, let me um... see. I
1: think I have something, but go ahead.
0: I th- well, yeah. If you, if you have, I mean, I have a lot of JP two. We're just trying to get through all these. These are taking. Um, yeah. So here it is. This is. Uh, Catechism of Trent, again, in a different spot. The husband, because we're we're proving that husband is boss, should love his wife for this very reason. The husband should love his wife, and the wife should love and respect her husband. So um, the Catechism of Trent is explaining here in uh, Marriage as a Sacrament section, why, the husband should love his wife, but the wife is enjoined to love and respect. That means he's boss. That's another way you prove that he and he alone is the boss. Sorry, male and female feminists. So that's, that's the end of number three. <laughs> number four Okay, do you want to get to number four? Or do you have the JP2?
1: I have a JP2 quote. Now, this is from my book.
0: About bosses?
1: Um, well, just about women being in the home in uh-huh. general. But, like, I think that this this should suffice. This is on October uh, 1979 on his visit to Limerick. This is what he said to young women. He said, do not think that anything you will do in life is more important than to be a good, oh, he said this to a mixed audience, to a good to be a good Christian father or mother, May Irish mothers, young women, and girls not listen to those who tell them that working at a secular job, succeeding in secular profession, is more important than the vocation of giving and caring for the life as a mother. The future of the church uh, of humanity depends in great part on parents and on the family life that they build (coughs) in their homes.
0: I guess it relates to this category because of what we're saying about women women are natural-born followers, men Mm. are natural-born leaders. Women, if they go to a workplace, will treat will Dwight Schrute their boss. If they stay at home and do all the things right, they'll stay at home and be Dwight Schrute to their husbands, Michael Scott, and and that would be right. So that's <laughs> yeah. We have lots of yeah. we have lots of categories here.
2: Yeah, let's um,
0: go. So let's go to number four. Stupid thing four that retard Christian feminists say: <laughs> Men don't want a doormat. Me and Nick Stumphauser and Will Noland were laughing about this one. Men men that say, I don't want a doormat.
1: It's always women saying that. Men don't want a doormat just to excuse their own bratty behavior. Right? I've,
0: I have heard men say they want a non-doormat. I've heard a couple men in our hmm. matchmaking program say it. I think that's why Will and I were talking about it. And we were horrified. Mm. I, I don't know what it <laughs> is. Mean,
1: I think what they're saying is that I, if I'm trying to they get want a sassy what they're doing. Chick. Yeah, what they're doing is they're equating a traditional woman who takes the, her Lord and creator's uh, verses in scripture seriously and literally. They're saying that women like that uh, don't have personality, don't have interests. They're basically just empty heads that just do whatever they're told, like robots. And that's not what they want. It just—I guess it's inconceivable yeah, to people just, that's just weak. Men yeah, or just that,
0: weak. that literally do want weak dysphoric men that want a boss. Now they might mean it the way you say it, in which case the man's not necessarily weak and dysphoric. But I think a lot of men that say that we we get scared. You know, yeah, and if we, a man we look says that, I'm
1: like, ooh, yeah, no, no, nah. that's bad. Yeah uh you are then like what we said about not being fulfilled at home is a disorder if you don't want a woman uh, to 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 lead and you don't want a woman that will take your leadership then you have a disorder right it's probably homosexuality is what it is because that's not you're not men are supposed to be attracted to women's frailty and humility and uh submissiveness if you need like a big burly woman to like put you in place or whatever that's Concerning.
2: <laughs> that
1: sounds a little bit, a little off. <laughs>
0: um, Proverbs 12, verse 4. A wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. Ooh. Proverbs 19, verse 13 to 14. A foolish child is a father's ruin, and a quarrelsome wife, huge thing in the Proverbs, Mm -hmm. is like the constant dripping of a leaky roof. This is holy writ from God's mind to our ears. Houses and wealth are inherited from parents, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. So a good wife is the best thing a man will ever have. A bad wife is the worst thing a man could have. Consistently repeated refrain here. Proverbs 25 verse 24. Better to live on a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. (laughs) So we're we're addressing these confused men and wannabe, you know, and, and wishful women who say men want a quarrelsome wife. I don't want a doormat. What they're saying is, it's good to have a quarrelsome wife.
1: Can we read Sirach, my very favorite?
0: We will. Proverbs okay. twenty-seven verses fifteen to sixteen. A quarrelsome wife is like the dripping of a leaky roof in a rainstorm. Restraining her is like restraining the wind or grasping oil with the hand. <laughs> it's so that's, brutal. That's not that. Yeah, a, a quarrelsome wife is the worst thing you can be, ladies. And
1: what's the context, Tim?
0: <laughs> yeah. What's what's the context <laughs> there?
1: Texting. You it, prove texting those in, those insults. The, to the women. context
0: is: this is the number one thing you don't want to be, so don't be it. It's a sure path to hell. Now,
1: can I say too? I think that's very insightful of Scripture that they understand woman's nature is to is to be tempted <coughs> to uh. kind of nag and maybe be a little niddling, needling, uh, needling and, and nitpicky, and it's specifically addressing that and saying don't do that that's a, a, a vice a lot of women struggle with do not do this and that's so insightful um in scripture that they that they identify that and I honestly when I read when I read lines like that I know a lot of women might uh, Christian feminists read that and they get mad or insulted or anything for me it's just a great moment for me to understand my weakness and things that I need to improve on as a woman and really take shelter in our Lord and trust that my creator knows how he created me and what I'm made for and just say I kind of laugh at myself a little bit honestly I can't tell you how many times I read some of these these verses in scripture where I would be telling him i'd be like oh my gosh you have got to hear this this is such a burn on women Steph and, loves
0: I'm, <laughs> and I'm so called
1: out by that <laughs> okay this is my favorite verse and in, in uh in scripture this remember is they
0: say women don't want a doormat like that's a bad thing for a woman to ratify her husband's authority and love him and do the things scripture tells her to do call call him lord say i want to do what you're saying They're trying to invert that on its head. Listen to what the Bible says.
1: So this is about a woman who, basically, this is about a lot of of Christian wives today who are doing things the wrong way. So take this advice from Holy Scripture. I would sooner keep house with a lion or a dragon than keep house with a spiteful wife. A woman's spite changes her appearance and makes her face as grim as a bear's. When her husband goes out to dinner with his neighbors, he cannot help heaving bitter sighs. No spite can approach the spite of a woman; may may a sinner's lot be hers. Like the climbing of a sand hill for elderly feet, such <laughs> is a garrulous wife for a quiet husband. Do not be taken in by a woman's beauty; never lose your head over a woman. Bad temper, insolence, and shame hold sway where the wife supports the husband
0: financially. Can I say that again? Say it again.
1: Bad temper, insolence shame hold sway where the wife supports the husband low spirits gloomy face stricken heart such is a spiteful wife slack hands and sagging knees such is the wife who does not make her husband happy
0: oh so that matters
1: (laughs) sin began with a woman and thanks to her we must all die do not let water find a leak nor a spiteful woman give free rein to her tongue." I mean, again, the Christian feminist will be like, what's the context of that? What's,
0: what's the context? The context is you, Christian lady feminists out there, stop. You were made for your husband to be his helpmate and to obey his every command, except for directly sinful ones, and to make him happy. The Book of Sirach says, if you're not making your husbands happy, ladies, You've got a problem. You're
1: doing a bad job,
0: and it's gonna be very, it's gonna be impossible Your to get to heaven. If you God. have a good husband and you're not making him happy, you cannot get to heaven. So
1: it's like you might a want to Ventura it. when he like goes on like the really long like field kicker, and he's just going on and on and on. Like with this Sarac thing, there's been so many times in Scripture where I'm reading it and I'm like, okay, I'm with you. Yeah, we're talking about women; they're bad. Uh, and we're still going, and yes, we're halfway through the page now. And yep, yeah, okay, yep, yeah, more more gloss on how women are terrible. Like, <laughs> it's, it's there's when I hear this thing when women say there's no context in scripture, it's like oh my goodness.
0: That's a they, lie. They
1: clearly have not ever read the Bible because there it's there's so many times I've read I've laughed. I was like, Ooh. oh my gosh, they got I just got dissed by the Bible so bad. <laughs> they're just lying.
0: <laughs> if you guys don't know, with all of these twelve idiotic feminist refrains, they're just lies. Yeah. Now, um, listen to Saint Augustine. This is kind of brutal, but I love it. And thy turning shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. What is said to Cain about his sin, or about the vicious concupiscence of his flesh, is here said of the woman who had sinned. And we are to understand that the husband is to rule his wife as the soul rules the flesh. St. Thomas makes a highly similar body-soul analogy to the spousal relationship. So, you don't want a doormat. I don't know. They're going to say, well, we said doormat. Well, a doormat's not a human. A doormat A woman could never be a doormat. So if we're gonna, if we if we have to abstract from an analogy, which we're having to do because all of you use, because you're all who say this semi-literate,s so you can't think for yourself and you can't express this in better terms. We're all having to abstract from what is a human doormat. Everyone hears you just say it's a woman that follows the Bible and does what her husband says, and uh, you know to be a non doormat means something good, even though the Bible says that that would be bad. Here's St. Augustine again on marriage and concupiscence. The other one was from City of God. Nor can it be doubted that it is more consonant with the order of nature that men should bear rule over women than women over men. So bearing rule over a woman should mean that I guess she's a doormat. A good woman is a doormat.
1: I guess just lean into that. If you're a woman yeah. like myself and they call you a doormat, just be the best, most doormat. <laughs> Like, obedient, lovely doormat that has ever lived on this earth. <laughs> Besides Our Lady, I guess. that They would probably claim she was one as well.
0: Here's no say, higher honor. Here's John Chrysostom. I, I told you they. Aren't gonna like Chris Austin, oh, feminist, because he doesn't like you.
1: Chris Austin even says him. I have a quote in my book where he says, like, if a if a husband is out, like, like visiting other women, it's probably still the wife's fault for not being attractive and pleasant and cooking good meals at home. Like he says that. Like I have a quote where he says this. He I, is he is very cutting with some of the things he says.
0: Jose Maria Escriva says the same thing. Yeah, Jose Maria Escriva was very influential. Oh, that, that might have been awesome Escriva
1: that. that I was thinking of. Yeah,
0: sorry. Um, he says, women should yield to their husbands. To love, therefore, is the husband's part. To yield pertains to the other side. To love is the husband's part. What? To yield is the other side. Isn't that a doormat? That's mm. Chris Chrysostom. Now, it, it <laughs> sounds like there's a really strong context for all the things we're saying here. How about... I don't know. Let me hit you with a little bit of Aquinas. Woman is naturally subject to man. Sounds like a doormat. Oh. Good order would have been wanting in the human family if some were not governed by others wiser than themselves. So by such a kind of subjection, woman is naturally subject to man. Sounds like a doormat. Because in man, the discretion of reason predominates. In woman, it does not. That makes sense. That makes right. Uh, Fair amount of sense. How about. um, Because we we have everyone saying the same stuff. Yeah, they are. This is the the context. Here's Thomas again, commentary on the letters of St. Paul to the uh, Colossians, Thessalonians, Timothy, Titus, Philemon. He said the philosopher Aristotle, I tweeted this the other day, says that the dominion of women is the death of a family as tyrants of a commonwealth. That sounds like women should be doormats. I don't know. Doesn't it sound like that?
1: There is even instances in scripture where women um, were going to like kill a man. They had like an upper hand in a battle where they were going to like throw rocks on a man, or they were going to kill. They were they were in some position to be able to kill a man. And the man in the Bible it says that for the shame of being killed by the women, the man the men took their own lives (laughs) because they couldn't even fathom like even in that situation that a woman could have dominion or upper hand that they're like i'm not no i will never be down in history as a woman killing me so i'm just i'm just doing myself in right now
0: hilarious and 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 also true by the way (laughs) uh catechism of the council of trent the husband should love his wife and the wife should love and respect her husband um oh oh by the way Catechism number 1605 in the fruitier catechism in 1993, the CCC. Man and woman were created for one another. It is not good the man should be alone because he was created first, right? The woman, flesh of his flesh, is nearest in all things. It says his equal, they mean in dignity there, is given to him by God as a helpmate.
1: Created oh, second from man. Created sense.
0: second. A helpmate. We're not her helpmate. So she a doormat's a good thing when it means your helpmate. And that's precisely what this is intended to mean. So that's a lot of context. That's old catechism, new catechism, patristics, scholastics, and how many scriptures did I read? So that a woman as a doormat is a good thing. A woman who challenges your authority and cucks you is a bad thing. And also, it will make it impossible for both of you go, to go to heaven. Do you have anything to add on that?
1: I found the Escriva thing. I don't know if it's pertinent here. Uh, but it, it is. So this is um, St. Jose um, Maria. And he says, if a marriage is to preserve its initial charm and beauty, both the husband and the wife should try to renew their love, uh, their love day after day and that is done through sacrifice, with smiles, but also with ingenuity. It is, surpri- it is surprising that a husband who arrives home tired from work begins to lose pa- or is it surprising that a husband who arrives home tired from work begins to lose patience when his wife keeps on and on about everything she thinks has gone wrong during the day? Disagreeable things can wait for a better moment when the husband is less tired and more disposed to listen to them. Another important thing is personal appearance. And oh, I would say this that- is a
0: saint saying this this
1: is a saint ladies and i would this is in my book and i would say that any priest who says the contrary is a bad advisor as years go by a woman who lives in the world has to take more care not only of her interior life but also her looks oh her interior life itself requires her to be careful about her personal appearance naturally this should always be in keeping with her age and circumstances I often say jokingly that the older vaca- uh, facades need more restoration. Oh, so true. As a so forty-year-old woman, I can tell you that it takes me way longer now to get ready than it did in my twenties. Um,
0: also, just common sense.
1: Common sense. Common, again. Common sense. Common sense. Um, <clears throat> it is the advice of a. He said, "It is the advice of a priest." An old Spanish saying goes: "A well-groomed woman keeps her husband away from other other doors." That is why I'm not afraid to say that women are responsible for 80% of the infidelities of their husbands because they oh. do not know how to win them each day and take loving and considerate care of them.
0: Oh, pearly things. <laughs> Pearl, Pearl was saying this the other I day. I was looking for this quote. Well, we're going to have to, Pearl, Pearl. We need, we need you to pick up on this.
1: A married woman's attention should be centered on her husband and children as a married man's attention should be centered on his wife to discover the nature of human happiness, it is necessary to determine what the function of the human being is for a person's... Ha- oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I just went to a totally different... <laughs> much. As- regard, disregard that last sentence. I skipped a page. Uh, much time and effort is required to succeed in this, and anything which mitigates against it is bad and should not be tolerated. So, I mean, he goes on a little bit. Um, I don't know. Yeah,
0: that's good. And, and I mean, again... Think of this, oh, it goes on to testosterone rates are at an all-time low. So when Jose Escriva, a saint in the church, says that 80% of male infidelity is the fault of their wives, wow. he's functioning on the assumption of an, an older time, not, not too much before ours, but when men had more testosterone. Men now have less testosterone, so they're just expected to get less... Sex from heavier women are like thirty pounds heavier now than they were um, at the start of the nineteen hundreds. Twenty five or thirty pounds, I heard the statistic on pearly thing, and so they look less good. They're less pretty, and they they're they're unpleasant. they're putting out the conjugal sex duty more, and they're more unpleasant because of feminism. Because they've absorbed all these bad, their natural followers, they've absorbed all these lies, and. Um, But men are now, because they have lower testosterone, semi-realistically expected to just brook all of these indignities.
1: There's one last paragraph on this. I'm just going to read it real fast because it's just too good. He says, there is no excuse. This goes on. There's no excuse for fulfilling this lovable duty. Work outside the home is not an excuse. Not even one's life of piety can be an excuse because it is incompatible with one's daily obligations. It is not good nor pleasing to God. A married woman's first concern has to be her home. There is an Aragonese saying which goes, quote, if through going to church to pray, a woman burns her stew, she may be half an angel, but she's half a devil too. And then Jose Maria adds gloss to this and says, I'd say she was a full, a fully fledged devil. <laughs>
0: We're burning the stew. <laughs> that being is at church,
1: brutal. Again, the church is not with uh, these people who want to soft pedal what women are supposed to do. They're actually people get mad at us for saying things harshly. Saints like Jose Maria said, like, are, are outright saying like it's a woman's fault when her husband like is in, like cheating on her and eighty percent of the and time. And if she burns a stew because she went to mass, she's a devil. <laughs> like that's. Way more extreme than anything we've ever
0: said. Man, imagine what the the, the so called trad or whatever Catholic community would have done to Saint Jose Maria Escriva or Jerome or Augustine or Chrysostom, oh Aquinas, yeah. or or Saint Paul writing inerrant writ. The Christians can't brook Christianity, can they? Well, that's the point. A Christian feminist can't brook Christianity, right. and this is what's up, so stupid. Number five, is this an overreaction? Is this an overcompensation? This anti-feminism that the uh, the Gordons that have have started this avalanche. Now it's getting bigger. Well, recently, uh, it was called or insinuated to be an overreaction by I, I think this was um, Eric Salmons, who has who has look I, I like I like some of the stuff Eric says. But he, Tim Flanders, Kennedy Hall. Again, none of these guys are uh, uh, Michael Lofton. Like, you know, they don't, they don't do shows 10 times a year about why I'm bad and you shouldn't watch me. So I appreciate that. We could disagree. But they're really, really wrong on this. And it's really, really undignified and embarrassing for them. Anti-feminism as an overreaction, this is literally the original sin not yet spun around. I, I agree, the red pill is correct malady but incorrect remedy, which I've said a hundred times. That's, in that sense, an overreaction. But until we get the problem solved, this is a bit like someone saying that the slavery abolitionists were overreacting to slavery in 1858 right. or something like that. Do you know how stupid a point this is? This is a bit like saying before we overturned Roe versus Wade uh, two summers ago that we were talking too much about abortion. Oops, the Pope did say that. He said he said we were talking too much about abortion in 2013 before we'd overturned Roe versus Wade. That was a stupid thing to say. Well, it can't be an overreaction until we undo the ultimate original sin. Worse than abortion, worse than slavery, is feminism, the actual original sin, the reason we all had to die.
1: right. And also, I don't know if it's weird when Catholic men say that. Is like, have they are they aware of the crisis of annulments and divorce in Catholic in Catholic families? Uh, are they aware of like what is going on in our society with women saying they're unfulfilled and like being in the workplace, abandoning their children? By the way, guys, the, sh- the school shooter epidemic mainly single moms, right? Raising those <coughs> kids, Always. divorced households. Always. We have a major problem with feminism in our society and how it's destroying virtually everything. And then we have, I guess, well meaning Catholic men who, who think that people are talking about that too much. And I'm saying, listen, I might disagree with a lot of what Andrew Tate is saying about, some, about, remedies. about
0: remedies. About remedies. Not about maladies. About, They're exactly right about maladies. About
1: remedies. But I'm going to be honest with you, I'd rather listen to what a Tate says about, like, what the problem is than some of these Catholics out there that are just. Saying
0: what the remedy is. Baloney. It's It's
1: soft peddled nonsense. When all of us have eyes. I have eyes. I'm off social media now, mainly because I saw women, like even good hearted, good Christian women, like getting sucked into that, just that machine of just everything's about yourself. Everything, you should never be unhappy. You should always be fulfilled. All that nonsense, we need to tear it down and rebuild it back up again. And a lot of Catholic commentators, I guess, are upset that even secular idiots like Tate are out there talking about well, it. No, no. They, like... <laughs> they, they
0: podcasted earlier this weekend saying that there are Catholics that have onboarded this. And, and of course, they're talking about you and I. Uh, yeah, because we, we led, led the way here, long before Tate was a household name, I was writing and publishing my book, you were writing and publishing your book. Listen to what Pius X said in 1909, again, his address to the delegation of Italian Catholic ladies. He said, you be the judge as to whether or not he's exaggerating how wicked feminism is. He says, how mistaken is feminism, which seeks to correct God's work? That's what we've said before. So true. It's like a mechanic trying to correct the signs and movements of the universe. Mm. This is what all of these Christian feminists are doing. Scripture, and especially the three epistles of St. Paul, he means Timothy, Titus, and, and Ephesians, I'm guessing, emphasizes woman's dependence on man, her love and assistance, but not her slavery to him as she does these. So she's made to serve man. Woman is. She's made to be his helpmate. She's made to give him consolation, but she's not his slave. She's utterly dependent on him. Well, this is all we're saying. Right. Uh, all everything Pius X said right there, this is this is all we've ever said. That yeah, the, the red pill solutions are false. Right. They're feminist. They say not to get married. The feminine uh, sorry, the red pill n- catalog of maladies is utterly correct.
1: Yeah, they're they're right. Like, I'm sorry, a lot of you Catholic is males, pious
0: exaggerating.
1: A lot of you Catholic male commentators are flat wrong, and it sounds I'm in bizarre world where I'm saying like Tate is actually more correct than you are about Much what more. the problems Much are, more. not the solutions, but the problems are. I would listen to a Tate any day of the week talk about what the problems are with feminism in our society over some of these Catholic of guys. Of course, I can't stomach it. It's just it's of it's, it's it's soft peddling white knighting not understanding the full picture not even understanding scripture nonsense it's complete nonsense
0: well look we don't we don't you're written all day long we're reading beautiful letters women 25 year old woman god bless you you just just got your letter earlier this month who's mm-hmm. saying you know you changed my whole life steph your book changed my whole life i i dumped the guy I was bef- with before because he was essentially a christian feminist with with like me. Shout out to and Jasmine. Jasmine, what's thank up? You. And But you get too many of these to name. I got a new man that's the boss. I'm so happy. I'm so thrilled. I'm about to get married. I'm engaged. Um, thank you, Steph. This is all you, Steph. You're, you get letters like this frequently. That one was particularly touching because of some of the personal flourishes. But we, And I get emails all day long. Will Nolan gets emails all day long. This is not, it's impossible to exaggerate the profundity of this biggest problem. Far bigger than what mass do you go to? Okay. The TLM awesome? is very beautiful, yeah. but what mass you go to has almost no bearing on your life when you compare it to are you living in a feminist household? That you have to be a trad by leading your family. You know, you don't have to be a trad to get the Eucharist. You could go to a corny Novus Ordo Mass. That'll be ugly. Sorry. And trads, as far as I could tell, just want to be a liturgical trad, not a patriarchal trad, because that involves someone else having to make the change. The bishop. The bishop needs to tell all the priests to do ad orientum, or better, better than that, just TLMs. Well, yeah, that's cool, because it'll be much more beautiful. But that's putting it all on your bishop. And that's not really as important to your life, your wife's life, your kid's life, as every ticking second of every minute of every hour of every day, where your kids are looking at a dysphoric sense of the world, men out there, Catholic men, trads, because they see the mom ruling the roost. It's making your children and your wife and yourself into dysphorics. And it's not Christian. And it's the cause of original sin, feminism. And it's the worst thing. Aristotle said men wage revolutions for reasons of their private life. That's what these trad men are doing.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I would guess. I haven't met them all. The only ones that bring us in are the ones that like us. And they say, look how much you've helped our lives through your books. The ones that screech at us, and, and men do it too, Christian male trad feminists are very screechy. I think... I can't be sure they're probably doing this for reasons of their private life
1: well also I'd like to just say too like I know Noland is like this uh, we're the same way we are we actually get down in the trenches with people and have I can't tell you how, how many times we're on the phone with couples talking to couples counseling people uh, I know well Noland is the same thing like we're he down does. in the trenches with these couples I we know what's going on we know men have a problem with their wives being overweight facts just facts uh, we know that the uh, marital debt is a huge problem in even trad society. We know that bitter like uh, wives working outside the home, the problems that that brings. A man not having authority in his household. We're in the trenches. I, I will never back off of that. So, if anybody else that wants to like challenge us on that, I want to. I want to know how many hours are you on the phone with with these couples and emails and 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 count and and literally like hearing what these people are saying, the struggles that they're seeing in their lives. Not to mention just having eyeballs and being in public. You can't go out into society without seeing this stuff all around you.
0: But that, yeah, that's the non. That's the feminine, non-feminist version of asking a question you... Oh, it's a rhetorical question because you know nobody is banging down the door of these trad feminists, Christian crypto-feminists, saying, what do I do to better my marriage? Because they all know if I ask most people, it's not just so-and-so or thus-and-such, it's you ask most people and they too have lives that are pockmarked and riddled by unhappiness, the unhappiness of feminism. Right. They are getting yelled at by their wives as you guys are getting yelled at by your wives. So you're not, of course you're not going to field this question. They know Steph doesn't yell at me. She does not ever yell at me. No. Never. Even on a bad day, even on the worst day of the month, it, things might be a little less smiley which is unbearable for two or three well, days. Well, that's what
1: Serac says. Like when a woman is unhappy, it even affects her face like a bear. Like I even feel that when I get like upset where I'm like getting kind of like...
0: But you don't suck. yell at me. No. Of course, that's the point. So and unfair. even then, if I don't... If you're not going around the house... No. You can, people can ask Nick or Michael Robillard who's lived with us as we finished Don't Go To College. If you go around the house and you're not smiling, for one thing, that's rare. Secondly, net, what, what women don't know is that affects a man. It makes them want to go dine with the neighbors. A woman should be smiley, pleasant, looking yeah. nice, put together well, but really smiling. It gives me so much comfort, even on a bad day. If I just see you smiling, cooking in the kitchen, you making your irreverent jokes the way you do. Um, the way you do. Yeah. If, if I come in the room and you don't make some wiseacre joke, I'm like, what's the matter? Well, also, that's your that's job, owed, ladies, to that's be the your, consolation. That's
1: owed to you. I think men who provide their women um, the, the the what's owed to them the right to be at home the least the women could do for the man is to make it a pleasant place for them. I don't have right. to get up in the morning to do anything I don't want to do, right? I'm at home. I can get up. I can make my schedule. I can fill it with hobbies. I have a very good life that my husband provides for me because he lets he says I'm at home. The least I could do is make this a fun, pleasant place to be. And well, I know a lot of women You're very, out very there. good
0: at it. And you've practiced for almost 19 years. But we're just telling other women out there, Mm -hmm. This is the most important part of being a trad. Far more important than what liturgy do you go to. Yes, that's important. TLM's way better than Novus Zorda. But you inherently know people. Listen to what I'm saying now. Let me make a plea. You know it's bunk when someone wants to better their lives by focusing on what someone else, a third party, like your bishop, who has nothing to do with your daily happiness, should or can or must do. Okay, you know that's nonsense. Whereas when 99.9% of your happiness is bound up in defeating feminism, all these trad guys, all these Catholic Novus Ordo guys, all these guys everywhere are afraid to take on that bear of feminism in their home. Instead, they focus on what will spruce up your life by 0.01% happiness. If, if you had a TLM instead of a Novus right. Ordo. It, it is a better mass. Right. But they're, they're focusing on something someone else has to do and it's not a very effective thing toward improving your life, your kid's life, your wife's life. Everyone's still running around being dysphoric. Now, let me read to you, speaking of trads who go to bat for low-key, semi-Christian feminism that accuse us of exaggerating, even though Pius X, their big guy, one of my big guys, says um, feminism is the worst and says specifically that feminism was the cause of the fall. Uh, listen to, this is Kennedy Hall just a couple days ago. I asked to be on this podcast, by the way. It turns out they'd pre-recorded it. Oh. But it's not like they came knocking at my door, even though they're subtweeting me. The whole thing arose from a tweet I made last summer and they're still talking about it, and they're wrong, and they're mad that they're wrong. He said, it's not inherently masculine or feminine to change a diaper. That's just wrong. I'm going to read you 20 quotes right now. You just do your duty. You just have duties. You just do your duties. There's no other thing. It's not inherently masculine or feminine to change a diaper, any more than it's inherently masculine or feminine to change the stall of a newborn calf. That's wrong in so many ways because one thing is a, a task. One th- thing is a, a duty of being a, a parent. You're just literally getting rid of feces. But these duties of things, these are things you just do to make them into these super dogmas is the height of, of absurdity. No, Kennedy. I, I think that's absurd and you know it's absurd. Let's go through all the multiple duties of christian men and christian women as they're adumbrated in scripture, tradition and magisterium where it's specifically delineated male function female function
1: can i before we do that can i run a thought experiment with the audience real fast sure you tell me on this list that i've created for you all what is a male dude if this is a male duty or a woman's oh, yeah. duty okay yeah. um Instance number one. Uh, the garbage man came to your yard and just spilled all matter of refuse all over your garb your, your 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 lawn, just rotting meat everywhere. Who's the one that's gonna go out there and pick that up? If again, both people are standing there, okay?
0: We don't mean if the man's <laughs> off at war, no. you know, with the Peloponnesian war for ten years. You're
1: both watching it happen. You're
0: both watching it happen. Who's gonna go do it? Okay. It's you know who it is.
1: A raccoon is running rampant in your attic (laughs) and you're both just downstairs, who's gonna handle that?
0: You're both on hand. The man's not away for 10 years. Is there, is this, are we being overly particular or is our particulars predicated of principles as their cause? Hmm. Yeah. You know who's gonna do both of the first two things.
1: A boot gets caught into a running mower. Who's the one that's going to put their hand in and retrieve it?
0: <laughs> the man or the woman? Assuming the man's around.
1: Okay, how about this? Oh, no. We just ran out of gas in the middle of an intersection.
0: In who's a snowstorm.
1: Going to, who's going set. to drive the car and who's going to get out and push it?
0: <laughs> but, you're, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's number four. <laughs> Where we know, we all know who's going to do these duties. And it's all the same answer. Obviously. And it's okay to have that one-sided same answer. Also, let's throw a number five. You're at the mall with your whole family. And the husband, or let's just say the whole family together, is accosted, jumped by a gang of vandals. Who's going to step up and be the la- the line of defense? Husband or wife? Hmm. These are all very particular behaviors that are consonant with a principle. And yes, they're not absolutes because if in any of these cases all five answers were husband, if there wasn't a husband around, the wife would do it and this would not be what's called a malum in se rather than a conditio malum, <clears throat> right? So it's it's it would be a conditional evil because it's evil for the wife to do when the husband's right there. Right. That would be dysphoria. It's not a mullum and say, though, the way it's a mullum say to use artificial contraception or something. You can never do that. Well, the wife could do it, and the wife would do it if she was alone at the mall with her children, no husband. If she was alone driving in a snowstorm, and she had to take action and leave one of the kids to steer the car. If she was alone with the raccoon or the boot or whatever else it was. It would be it done
1: in a way that would be a hazard. Yeah. If I had to retrieve a boot out of a like a running mower... My limb would be missing.
0: But more, more on this in number seven. Of course, the woman would do a bad job at all five of these things. But it would not be a malum and say if there was no husband around. But we're talking about both husband and wife being around. There are specific duties. And by the way, the tweet that I made at the beginning of the summer, I think it was in May, that yeah. started all this, specifically labored to stipulate. It's specified. Yeah, with all of our last three or four kids, I've changed 1% of the diapers or less. It wasn't zero. It was one or less. And I said, also, we have a handicapped elder child who uh, I spend more time during the day, especially the last few years, with the older kids. Steph is always around the newest baby. You know, I mean, a lot of times we're all just together. But- I, I, I also said in the tweet, not even trying to lighten the load because we say so much that's extreme, so who cares, but I did say for the sake of information and getting it out there, I changed more than half of the elder kids' diapers, but the principle of childcare, is you're about to just be bombarded with all of these magisteria, Means that the particulars should be in accord with it. So I've literally changed less than 1% of our last three or four or maybe five kids diapers.
1: Well, it's become a thing too. I've noticed that, that we have a lot of friends who are younger parents. And they the men will tell me this all the time. It's become a feminist talking point. Well, they'll ask older women in the family will ask the younger man, how yes. many diapers do you change? It's become like a thing to te- to kind of test the fences on how... Simpy, this guy is to his wife, right? And I think this controversy erupted because it's obviously it's a very quick chore. It's something that needs to be done for the health and safety of your child, right? It's something that that's just done <laughs> around the house. It could physically be done by both. It doesn't require like a lot of strength. But that really isn't the point. That isn't the point at all. The point is is that I'm what I my child is has a dirty diaper. He's off pursuing things. I don't need to bother him with. Uh, Hey, change a diaper that I could do for three seconds. Well, we'll prove it in a sec. We'll prove it. I am home. The reason, by the way, that you actually do more of Abby's diapers, because that does start approaching something that I need your physicality. Like she's 15. She's heavy. I can't lift her to do that. So that's where it does come into like the men's man's realm to do that.
0: That's true. But you're right to raise this point, Steph. The feminist gatekeepers are everywhere, not just on 1 Peter 5 or whatever, doing podcasts on how many uh, little baby diapers they do, how much of the distaff household chores. Distaff means female household chores. It's everywhere in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Female-specific particular Mm -hmm. behaviors that would be discordant with the principle for a man to perform even once They're all gatekeepers, and they're all saying things like, my phone keeps going dead here. Um, I'm summing up the the Kennedy Hall long quote with, you just have duties, and they aren't inherently masculine or feminine. Let's see how that holds up to 2,000 years of Catholic teaching. Get ready. Last thing I'll say before I read all of this scripture, tradition, magisterium, going precisely the opposite way, because we all know this is absurd. This is an absurd well, thing so to say. Like, is that true, man? Oh. These guys need to learn the difference between the three types of accidents. There is a third type of accident in Thomas Aquinas, predicated of a substance called a proper accident, that appears a hundred percent of the time with the substance, even though it's not part of, it's not a sub- substantial essential property. It appears a hundred percent of the time. But it's just an accident, like laughter, laughter ability appears with rationality.
2: Mm-hmm. Also, Sorry.
1: I would ask these guys like that, there's no sex specific duties. Okay, so are you having your wife do the wood chopping? Because I know these guys, if if it came out tomorrow that Tim was like, uh, Steph has to do all the wood chopping in our household. They'd be like, dude, come on, you that's the man's job. You gotta do that. They would be on it like Fly. Because they're feminists, <laughs> because this is the heart of
0: feminism, is sticking all the male duties strictly to men, just like before, and, and this is at the heart of Moon Beasley complex. Stick taking away all the female duties right. and saying, we'll split those in half. Right. That's at the heart of feminism. Right. And they've all bought into it. Now.
1: But don't you dare say a woman has to change diapers. No. Don't you dare say that. Even though it's obvious that that's who should
2: be doing this.
0: <laughs> so we're looking for sex-specific duty. These are all female things that are duties. Mm. Tide, uh, sorry, 1 Timothy 5, verse 14. I will, therefore, that the younger women marry bear children. Guide the house. Give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Guide the house means you do all of the chores. Corresponding therewith. And I I heard um, Father Ripperger quote where he said something like, Well, really, the man does it. No, the Bible's that's wrong. Very specifically, the woman guides the house. That's scripture. Going to listen to that over Father Ripperger, even though he's very smart. And um, you're going to see how often it is repeated. That's female specific. Proverbs 31, verse 27, she watches over the affairs of her household. And does not eat the bread of idleness. We already proved to you the woman has to be at the home during the day and love it. Be there, love it. But also, now, 1 Timothy and Proverbs are saying, watch over the affairs of the household. The first affair of the household, you'll see in a second, is child-rearing. Now, 1 Timothy, totally different chapter, far away, so I'm not double-dipping double here. Chapter 2, verse 11 after he talks about a woman learning in quietness and submission, Um, women will be saved through childbearing. That means not only having the children, but in other passages in the Old Testament, it makes clear, this means bearing them and nursing them. And that means all of the duties corresponding to bearing and nursing. I know this isn't groundbreaking, but it's so well-exampled that you're going to just see it time and time and time again. How about... 1 Timothy 5, verse 8. If any, provide, if any man provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. That's a man that lets his wife work. That proves that it's assuming most men will be out pursuing a trade by day, doesn't it? There are so, duties. so there are duty-specific things. And also, Trent Horn asked me that in our age-old debate now. Well, Where does it really say that in Scripture? A man's an infidel if he's not the one leaving the house and pursuing outside of home work. How about another female-specific duty now? From the book of Isaiah 49, verse 15. Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yeah, they may forget. Yet I will not for, forget thee, and, and Isaiah is here talking about unholy women who don't tend to their little babies, either for suckling, for nursing. Remember some women make the man buy the fake boob and oh, pretend to nurse it and to get up in the I, middle of the I, night. I is that sex that. specific to nursing? Because that's that's a duty that mothers have to their young. And usually when you would get up with our young, and you nurse them, you also change their diapers, yeah, right? Obviously. I. What am I doing? I'm sleeping. I'm, I'm snoozing. I'm around
1: our little kids. I'm snoozing. So, it's just not even, uh, like I'm around them enough where it's like I should, I know first if their diapers need to be changed, like involving you in that. It's just kind of weird, like men who are like, if you're noticing that, then maybe you're playing with the kid at the time, but I'm around here all day. I'm the one that's on, the, the, the boot's on the ground, so to speak. I'm the first one aware of this.
0: Jeremiah, uh, uh, Chapter 30, verse 6. Now let me ask you a question. It's posed rhetorically. Do men give birth to babies? Then why do they stand there, ashen-faced, hands pressed against their sides like a woman in labor? See what he's saying? Men that are acting like women, that that are acting like they gave birth to and reared and nursed and then eventually weaned little babies. Mm -hmm. That's that's strange, isn't it? Now let's go to... Pope Leo, the mutual duties of husband and wife have been defined, he says. And he's talking about a couple things. Paul's epistle and the Roman catechism, where men and women have different functions laid out for them, specifically around the household. There's several rights accurately established, he says. Remember rights and duties? Your duty is to observe the the rights of others. Their duty is to observe your rights. They are bound namely to have such feelings for one another as to cherish always the very great mutual love. But then he goes on to say the differences in duties. I don't need to read it all. This is in Arcanum Divinae from 1880. Interesting. So men and women do have different household duties, according to Pope Leo. Don't listen to 1 Peter 5 on this. Listen to Pope Leo. Benedict XV, the often forgotten about 20th century pope between all the piouses. This is on women abandoning their homely duties, their specific functions that they are supposed to do. He's talking about how feminism caused them to do this. He says, others abandon the duties of the housewife. Well, there are specific housewife duties for which they were fashioned to cast themselves recklessly into the current of life. Now, again, I've never said that if a wife is, a woman is sick or uh, out of commission or visiting an, an ill relative without the husband, that the husband would be committing a mullum and say to do this. I said, a husband should be doing wifely duties around the home 1% of the time or less, was what I said in right. the tweet. Same thing with a, hus- a wife doing her wood chopping of her husband. 1% of the time, if he threw his back out and winter's coming, you might have to do this. But it's perverse to do more than in those extreme situations
1: and diaper changing is just an obvious one it's not that a man can't do it it's like why is he doing it yes why like i I, because he's ruled by his wife do you have an able-bodied woman around your house like this is just not doesn't make any sense to me when men on twitter were like oh this is so ridiculous it's like speak for yourself bro i
0: absurd I, i
1: have my household under control like i'm the woman like i know i i I should be doing this. It's just clear. I, I, I'm not, of course my husband could do it, but why am I going to bother you about they it? They
0: say the same thing to Rachel Wilson when she's online. And she says, anytime we're at a barbecue or a party or a dinner or a buffet, I make my husband's plate. I bring him over to me, it, it over to him. Huh. You do the exact same thing, but they, they say the exact same thing to trip her up. Why? Is he incompetent? No, no. He's not incompetent. That's like helping out the priest as an altar boy with the cruets and being like, was that priest incompetent? No, it's the honor you pay to a higher person in rank than yourself. It's it's just something you started doing. I never knew chicks did that. You're just one of the best. And you started doing it. I'm like, this is cool. And then we heard Rachel say it. And bitter idiots insult it because they're bitter idiots well
1: because women freak out first and then they think oh this is a way to like kind of get in with the women if i take their if i join arms with women on this diaper issue and yeah. most of us women yeah. <laughs> out there who actually do this we're like we don't need you bros we should be chewing the diapers yeah. <laughs> like i know that's my job yeah. Like i got it like it's really good i i i it, it takes four seconds i'm not going to bother my husband about it this is obvious i'm just going to do it
0: <laughs> uh, i'm gonna try to machine gun these okay yeah, i promise yeah, we have i promise to get through the that last one was benedict 15 natalis uh trey centesimi this is a different benedict 15 forgotten 20th century pope women's mission in modern society uh-oh you guys aren't gonna like this 20th century pope it's not ancient the changed conditions of the time have conferred upon women functions and rights which were not allowed her in former times. He's going to make fun of it, though. No change, however, in the opinions of men, no novelty of circumstances and events will ever remove woman. In, in so He's talking about her, her new functions and rights. Um, conscious of her mission from her natural center, which is the family. Oh, that's funny. That's funny, it's the family. Because um, functions and rights that are specifically female do attach to the family. And Benedict fifteen just... Acknowledged it. That's so interesting. Pope Pius XI acknowledges the same thing. He says, in such things, undoubtedly, um, both parties to a marriage contract enjoy the same rights and are bound by the same obligations. He's talking about love and mutual fidelity. In other things, however, there must be a certain inequality and due accommodation. This is functions he's talking about. Which is demanded by the good of the family and the right ordering of and unity and stability of home life. That they do different functions. Anything else is dysphoric. So now we've had all the piouses. This includes Pius XI. And we've had Benedict XV. And we've had Leo the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Wow, there's just so much. Can
1: I just say too, now I think we it's have common sense to most people that women typically do women things like changing diapers yeah. and uh, you know just housework, and men do things like chase a raccoon out of your attic and get the boot out of the the, the lawn It just I can look at it's like it's, it's becoming
0: just, it, common sense again. Yeah,
1: it's like it's just. I think there was one time that you weren't under the weather you were like legitimately sick and we had company over and I took like the mower out and I was just doing the side yard and I remember people making comments they're like where's Tim I mean that's we all and it's so stupid that we're even having this conversation because I think if like as thinking adults like when you're talking about changing diapers it's just obvious that that's what the mom does. And yet, the dad needs to do it every now and again, I guess. But it's just so stupid. (laughs) We're in this mode right now.
0: Pius XI says in Divini Redemptoris, 1937, woman, um, he's specifically addressing what communism has done to woman's function in the home. She's withdrawn from the family and the care of her children, changing diapers, to be thrust, I'm adding that in myself, but withdrawn from the family and the care of her children to be thrust instead into public life and collective production under the same conditions as man. So he's just totally assuming man public, woman private, woman does everything in the home during the day, man does everything in public. The care of home and children then devolves upon the collect, the the commune, just as these semi-feminist Christians are trying to make the care of home and children devolve upon the man. So that's Pius XI. Now we go to uh, Pius XII. So all of them are hitting it, you see. Woman's duties in social and political life. That's the name of the document. And this is about woman's abandonment of home leading to misery. We see a woman who, in order to augment her husband's earnings, must betake herself to a factory, leaving her house abandoned during her absence. Now let's see if there's any functions or woman-specific duties that are also abandoned. The house, untidy and small perhaps before, becomes even more miserable for her lack of care. Oh, why couldn't the husband do it is not something that Pius twelfth just sassily asks along with 1 Peter 5's editors. That's, that's interesting, isn't it? Huh. How about Second Vatican Council? Now, these guys don't like Second Vatican Council, but even liberal Gaudium et Spes, Constitution of Second Vatican Council, says the children... Especially the younger ones among them, the the diaper clad, I'm guessing.
1: The diaper class.
0: Need the care of their mother at home. The domestic rule of hers must be safely preserved. Oh, okay. So even liberal Vatican II is more trad than some of the trads on this. That's interesting. How about Pope Paul VI? Liberal, perhaps Freemasonic, accused of Skittles, Pope Paul VI. In the encyclical inter in senores, between the ladies, he says, but this does not mean all this new stuff, that the distinction between man and woman, insofar as it determines the identity proper to the person, is suppressed in the glorified state. Even in heaven, we're going to have our own identity. And everyone knows appetites always follow function. Um, What holds for us also holds for Christ. It is indeed evident that in human beings, the difference of sex... Exercises an important influence much deeper than, say, ethnic differences. Okay, I, I've quoted this one before.
1: I think it's just basically that the woman's duties revolve around what's usually being done around the house with the children because the man is away during the day. It really could be broken down to that. That means cleaning, diaper changing, uh, beautifying, cooking... Things activities that are being done at the house because the husband is out during the day. It's just very. It's obvious stuff that we
0: thought was common sense. I thought
1: this was common I, sense. It's so evidently
0: we have trads barking about the fact that men are men and do men things, and women are women and do women things. Ninety nine times out of hundred, and it was. And all- they, if you have to say ninety nine times out of a hundred, mm-hmm. then it means somebody is being stupid. It means you're trying not to get it. Don't be one of these guys. Don't try not to get it. You get it. Oh, like men, men play sports, women don't. Well, that doesn't mean that the girls have never come out there with me and Gabe in the basketball court and thrown up a ball or two or that I make them go inside. Men play sports seriously. 99th percentile. Women don't. Okay? How about this? John Paul II. In the encyclical Laborum Exercens*, much more important than what he wrote in his letter to the dames, experience confirms that there must be a social reevaluation of the mother's role, he means as a reaction to feminism, and it's confirmed here, of the toil connected with it, and of the need that children have for care, love, and affection in order that they may develop into responsible, morally and religiously mature, and psychologically stable persons." It will redound to the credit of society to make it possible for a mother to do all these tasks without inhibiting her freedom. Uh, well, he's very flowery, blah, blah, blah. To devote herself to taking care of her children and educating them in accordance with their needs, which vary with age. So the younger ones need diapers changed. Didn't think this would break the bank to say, How about I'm. Um, yeah, I'm really trying to. Yeah, I know you're right. I'm trying to speed I it. I Think
1: we're like halfway through our list right now, so we're gonna have to. The rest penalties. don't need this. How about <laughs> Saint
0: Jerome, the all-time Catholic master of Scripture, the greatest Catholic ever, who didn't write Scripture mm-hmm. to know Scripture. Woman was created for birth and children, is what he's gonna say. As long as a woman is for birth and children, meaning taking care of them. She is different from man as body is from soul. How many of these guys have said, we mean little kids. The bigger kids need their father, but the littler kids need their mother at home doing the tasks. Mm -hmm. How about now, uh uh-oh, John Chrysostom, the feminists, trads, Catholics, Nevis seculars aren't going to like this. Women ought to be keepers of the home, says Chrysostom. To be discreet, chaste keepers at home, good. All these things from love. They become good and keepers at home from affection to their husbands. Good keepers at home love their husbands. Bad keepers of the home place don't. Obedient to their own husbands that the word of God be not blasphemed. She who despises her husband neglects also her house. Uh Uh-oh. Now I think I see why this is a sensitive spot for people. But from love springs great soberness and all contention is done away. Let me reread it. She who despises her husband neglects her house. But from love, great soberness. He means she's really, really, like you are, really thorough about this stuff. I don't want to put upon my husband to do this unless I'm really sick.
1: I have seven kids. I just don't understand the argument. Like if the diaper needs to be changed, it doesn't even occur to me to come to you and ask to do that. I have, And I have seven. And I have how many diapers? Abby's in diapers. Miriam's coming out. Gabe and Penny have four in diapers right now, and it doesn't even occur to me to ask you to do that. Why?
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, but Abby, because Abby's fifteen, so she's usually with me and the older kids if we're out and about. Yeah, so I'll take care of that. Yeah, but all this goes with common sense until you get the people playing stupid, playing obtuse, pretending they don't know the difference between a man and a woman. The way feminists tricked them into. You guys know the difference between a man and a woman
1: and it was a woman Here's, online right that said oh my husband has never changed a diaper and everybody freaked out i mega really, yeah you've yeah. changed some diapers and i read that tweet and i was like that's based good for her but my my, my initial reaction yeah. isn't like oh let's tear this down this woman said something that's that's a, like should be offensive I, I looked at that and i was like "That's." A, she that, said
0: it's that's cause that's for impressive. concern if a man is ever changing diapers and i was like I told her. I re- that you're right. That was the start of all uh-huh. this. I retweeted with a comment. I'm like, look, I've done it. I did it more with my first kids before I knew better. And you have more time mm-hmm. when there's only one or two around. And I was also less anti-feminist then. Mm-hmm. But with my other kids, it's only been in emergencies. And that's what caused the whole brouhaha. Because I don't think she's Catholic. Megha yeah. on Twitter. With all the Catholics. Right. Listen to Clement of Alexandria. The woman is to occupy herself as a housekeeper and helpmate to her husband. Nor are women to be deprived of bodily exercise, says Clement. But they are not to be encouraged to engage in wrestling or running. Uh-oh. Women's Pe- sports. Women's sports aren't going to like that. But are to exercise themselves in spinning, weaving, superintending the cooking, if necessary. That sounds really specific, Clement. I don't think Eric Sammons likes that, Clement. That women are supposed to exercise them with specific particulars, like spinning, weaving, superintending cooking. There, with their own hand to fetch from the store what we require. And it is no grace for them to apply themselves to the male. Nor is it a reproach to a wife, housekeeper, and helpmate to, ocu- to occupy herself in cooking so that it may be palatable to her husband. For if she shake up the couch, reach drink to her husband when thirsty, set food on the table as neatly as possible, and so give herself exercise tending to sound health, the instructor will improve of a woman like this. Who stretches forth her arms to useful tasks, mm-hmm. rest her hands on the distaff. I told you, distaff keeps coming up. Open her hand to the pool and extend her wrist to the beggar. Wow.
1: Sounds like pretty specific duties to me.
0: Very specific duties. And I'll I'll reread one more time here. Um I'll reread one more time. That the Roman Catechism, Council of Trent, says. It has two different paragraphs: duties of a husband, and then next paragraph on the other hand, the duties of wife are thus summed up by the Prince of the Apostles. He goes through a bunch of duties that are wives around the house that are not husbands. Go check your Roman Catechism. Now, the seventh, the seventh idiotic feminist refrain, Christian feminist refrain, is you're c- confusing particulars and principles. No, you're confusing. A proper accident, the, the strongest type of accident that, is, that may be predicated of a substance with an essential property, because there are accidents, proper accidents, that are predicated of substances all the time, like risibility is a proper accident that attaches to rationality, which is an essential property of the substance, the rational substance of a personal corporeal nature, human beings. So you're making that mistake. And all of the scripture, tradition, magisterium we just cited, and that took a long time to cite it all, proves the case. Yes, there are times, there are specific tasks that are specifically male, specifically female, even if one has to, in an emergent situation, take it over one time out of, I said a hundred, I mean more like a thousand Fine, it's not wrong, but it is. Sorry, it is perverse because it's more like a proper accident of male and female. All right, number eight. <laughs> women worked before the industrial <coughs> revolution. Um, that this is a common one. They'll say women women worked before the industrial revolution.
1: Prostitution was around before the industrial revolution, and yeah. so was murder and. Uh, all sorts of disgusting bad Yeah, things. rape, <laughs> murder,
0: thievery. Yes, women worked before the Industrial Revolution. And guess what? I just cited for you Old Testament before Jesus, New Testament right after Jesus, uh, patristics, scholastics, and the Roman Catechism saying that anytime a woman, a married woman works outside of her home, she brings shame to our family, and it is a grave evil and a grave injustice. Even JP2 calls it a grave injustice. So yes, women worked before the Industrial Revolution. It was forbidden then. It's forbidden now.
1: It's just so obvious. I don't know why that has become an argument like oh in the past I think some unfortunately I think some trads think everything in the past is to be recreated if it was in the past it was better than it is now because obviously the society now is terrible and so anything in the past is like oh if it was in the past it was good it's like no no there's still bad things in the past too and women working at any time married women working obviously single women can work but married women working at any time is a bad thing whether it's Industrial Revolution during the Inquisition or <laughs> like,
0: during 911 uh,
1: 911 yeah
0: in 1945 and, in 2017 <laughs> in 945 it doesn't doesn't matter. These principles are timeless. Once again, you Trad feminists out there are confusing principles and particulars which is hilarious.
1: And again, have you read the Bible? because again, it's not proof texting. It's everywhere in the Bible what a woman should be doing and how she should be spending her time. Very clear, very clear.
0: Number nine, this is a hilarious, this is the most funny of all of them. Some of them are just frustrating. But <laughs> be like that. Christian feminists will say, "Will say, <laughs> you'll quote them all of this scripture and they'll go, well, that's, that's just out of context. Or what you said they'll say. You're proof texting. What do you mean out of context, ma'am? A, a lady just got pwned on Twitter for saying this. I just cited every pope of the 20th century who teaches, and they all say how obvious, they all use the word patent. This is very patent, meaning obvious. Men and women are different. Men are in charge of women. Women have to submit. And they all cite the same eight passages of the New Testament and all the patristics and all the scholastics in between those 20th century popes and the penning of scripture all agree, obviously idiots, men are in charge, husbands are in charge of their wives, and there's not one word contrary in any of the Christian tradition aside from maybe Pope Francis or something like that. I, I don't think he you should guys, count.
1: You guys can't take women seriously when they say uh, that is out, out of, of context. context. That's just women speak for I don't like that.
0: <laughs> i don't I don't like what you're saying, buddy. and you know what? It's way out of context and I heard your proof texting. Then I literally said this to the the uh, blonde lady on Twitter who said that to me when I quoted a bunch of this, a bunch of popes saying men are in charge and scripture. husbands are in charge and scripture. Mm-hmm. I go, what do you mean? I took it out of context. I literally provided like a like a twelve line Pope Leo the Thirteenth quote from Arcanum Divine. And I go, what do you mean? That's the full paragraph. (laughs) And I go, explain. And she didn't know how to explain it. And some guy was getting frustrated with her, understandably ended up calling her a, a mean name. And she was like, I just have to get out of this. And it was like, this is bad. You should also log off and not have a social media account lady. But she felt bad and she felt frustrated because she just said what society's trained her to say. That's out of context. And I said, explain. And she didn't know what the words that are coming out of her mouth meant. The context means, it means with the paragraph. Right. So I provided a whole paragraph and she's like, <clears throat> I don't know what she meant. I mean, like women don't know what they mean either. It's, they just mean, well, hopefully there's something that contradicts that. Some other passage in the Bible in the back.
1: It's, uh, it's just what? childish women antics. When a woman doesn't like something, she reduces it to, well, if I don't like it, then it must not be true And they don't ever bother to actually go and find out if it is because any intelligent Christian woman who's ever read the entirety of Holy Scripture, they can't argue with it. It's so clear throughout. So when a woman tells me any of the verses that we've, 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 we've cited today about in Holy Scripture about the husband's being the head of the the wife and the woman having to stay at home and especially if they're Catholic and we combine that with a magisterium. And she says, that's out of context. Really what she's (laughs) telling me is that she's,
2: um, out of she's answers she's illiterate or
1: unintelligent or doesn't know how to read or she has reading comprehension issues or something because it's so very clear you can't say some, this is out of context and not sound like you might have like brain damage brain damage or you just don't know how to read <laughs> it's that simple
0: number 10 is a hilarious Christian feminist thing <laughs> I mean, and I, I addressed are, it are the other day popping
2: up like random yeah.
0: This one's called the Schmitz rib fallacy. The Schmitz rib fallacy. (laughs) Literally, this is either a direct prevarication or just a total embarrassing misunderstanding by by Father Mike Schmitz. Sorry, guys. Um, You might just be an adorable little guy, and that's fine. he's, He's given great homiletics in other contexts, but... He is on Ascension Press and they are official Christian feminists. Now, here's what he says that Eve was made from the rib of Adam to show Adam and Eve's equality. And he cites the exact sources that I'm going to cite for you who say that this means their utter and radical inequality. And he just he cites them and then he says it means the exact opposite of what the citations say they mean. So dig this. I'll rap with you, Father Mike. Again, I, I know I'll he has say that this of...
1: again. Like It's so silly to me, this argument that woman was equal with man when man was created first and woman was specifically created for man from man. And
0: she's called the glory of man as man is the glory of God. Okay. right. But here's St. Jerome. I think okay. this is the first commentator on what it means. He's the master of scripture of all Catholics who didn't write scripture. Mm-hmm. Adam's rib fashioned into a woman signifies Christ and his church. Not there is there an equality between Christ and his church, Mr. Schmitz rib fallacy maker? Fa- Father, Father Mike? No. Um, St. Thomas, who's I think the one that Father Schmitz is actually citing, says this in in question 92 of, of ST1 in question 92 where he says the whole point of question 92 is woman is naturally subject to man no equality remember Aquinas calls women an imperfect man mm-hmm. uh, women should not have authority over man they're naturally subject to man he says I answer that it was right for the woman to be made from the rib of man first to signify the social union of man and woman for the woman should neither use authority over man and so she was not made from his head, nor was it right for her to be subject to man's contempt as his slave. And so she was not made from his feet. So rib means that she's below his headship. The rib is literally, says St. Thomas.
1: In the middle of the body. The rib, by the way, everybody is in the middle of the body.
0: The middle of the body. It's
1: lower than the head and it's above the feet. And, and it, the it is associated
0: with protection of the heart. <laughs> Now, everywhere, I cited 20th century popes saying woman is there at the heart of the home to protect the heart of the home. The man is the head, the woman's the heart. The heart is lower than the head. The head is more important than even the heart. But the heart's important too. And St. Thomas literally says, I'm citing this because woman is naturally subject to man and woman can't have authority over man. And he says, if if she was to be his equal, she would have been made out of his head. Father Mike literally says... That
2: you're if equal she was to be made as
0: equal, then then it's made out of rib. I he also means, like, says that she's next to his arm to be guarded. That's also an mm-hmm. inversion. I guess his mom had some boomer plaque or something up in her house that said all this. It's just a lie. Um, no, all of the patristics make clear with St. Thomas that she is there to protect as the consoler. not Not him. Yeah, he's there to be the brawn. Woman is there to console him like St. Jose Maria Escriva. After a hard day, she's to protect the heart. She's supposed to be the one guarding the morale of the home. He's in charge, she keeps it peppy like like Jose Maria Which says. makes
1: sense that she was created to be his companion. She was there created to guard his heart, which is why she's made out of rib meat, right? That makes perfect sense, and like you said, I think what these Christian feminists are thinking is that they'll say, oh, she's made out of his side meat. So side equals side by side, meaning they're equal. No. Very, very, very clear that they're saying if a woman were equal, equal in rank, not dignity, don't get hung up, um, she would be made from the head meat of the man if we were equal. We're not equal with men in rank. We're made from the side meat. And we're not slaves meat. to men, so we're not made from the foot meat. It's just very, there's a lot of meat.
2: But it's a but, lot
0: of- but I think the Schmidt's rib fallacy comes from a, an, an honest error. I'm going to do him. I'm going to assume the best. It's from, he says it's, at some points in his Bible teaching or whatever, that it's from his mom's like live, laugh, love plaque or whatever, <laughs> that she had a like a live, laugh, love kind of bougie Christian plaque that said something about it. Oh, the the, the feminist lie that perverts Thomas perverts Jerome and perverts Peter Lombard, the great medieval philosopher, the great one besides Thomas until Thomas came along and surpassed him. Eve was formed. Peter Lombard says, not from just any part of Adam's body, but from his side so that it should be shown that she was created for her partnership of love. Lest, Perhaps if she'd been made from his head, she should be perceived as set over man in domination or from his feet as if subject to him in servitude. Therefore, since she was made neither to dominate nor to serve the man, but as his partner, she had to be produced neither from his head nor his feet, but his side, so that she would know she was to be placed beside herself. um, And in other places, uh, in a nearby paragraph, Lombard says, helpmate. So not equal in rank. OK, it's a it's a social union, that they're not equal in rank. She is there to be his helpmeet
1: and his companion. I mean, and think about
0: companion.
1: It, think about it in chrono- chronology, like the chronology of this, which what, what I think about all often that God created the male first and that was going around that was going fine enough. And then he's like, oh, this creation of mine, which I love is, is lonely, lonely and needs somebody. And so woman being created second, specifically, <coughs> specifically for that purpose, for man. And then he goes even further that this man shouldn't be alone, so I need to create something for him, the woman, that he uses a part of the man to create the woman. If you want to ignore everything in scripture about the man is, husbands are heads of wives, women should be subject to men, uh... Well, the woman represents the church. the man represents the Christ' headship of if you want to ignore all of that, just think about the creation of man and woman and the chronology and how it actually happened. that woman owes her creation to men from their body and because they needed a companion. And that basically makes sense with every single thing that we ever see in scripture a in Steph, the mysterium.
0: You're just saying that. No, okay. <laughs> You listen to Pope Pius X again, addressed to the delegation of the Italian dames. After creating man, she wasn't even looking at this. After creating man, God created woman and determined her mission, namely that of being man's companion, helpmeet, consolation. Remember, Father Mike says man should console woman. No, women should console men. It is a mistake, therefore, says Pius X, who these trads take seriously. Mm-hmm. To maintain that women's rights are the same as man's. Women in war or parliament, Nikki Haley, are outside their proper sphere and their position there would be the desperation and ruin of society. Obviously. People got pissed when we didn't like Amy Coney Barrett. We're like, go home and raise your kids, woman.
1: I don't like any woman politician. I will not vote for a woman ever. I don't want a woman leader. I don't want a woman boss. I don't want a woman. The only person that should be a, 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 the head of me is a man, my husband, and the Lord. I don't want a woman in any position of power. I refuse to vote for any women or support that in any way, shape, or form.
0: Amen. Pius continues, woman created as man's companion, that's exactly what you just said. She's not created on her own right, but as man's companion, always dependent on man, Mm -hmm. must so remain under the power of love and affection, but always under his power. Ooh, the feminists don't like that. How mistaken, therefore, is feminism, which seeks to correct God's work. It is like a mechanic trying to correct the signs and movements of the universe. I read this before. Scripture, and especially the three epistles of St. Paul, emphasizes woman's dependence on man, her love and assistance, but not her slavery to him. She's just dependent on him, and she's she's a subordinate of his, but she's not a slave. And the first thing they'll always say is, well, that must you must be a slave if you're a subordinate no well you don't think that when your boss is yelling me rudely at you at your stupid job mm-hmm. to do stuff you are more like a slave there which pius the 11th also said in cassie Canubi.
1: it's funny to me that that example it's like a mechanic trying to uh like critique god I think even the, the image of a mechanic is too dignified for these feminists trying to argue with God. I think it's more like a street juggler <laughs> or like a clown going in and telling God, like, no, that's not what Pious it means. means that's it. not what it
0: means. He doesn't mean like a car mechanic. Pius tenth is responding to enlightenment empiricist philosophers who called themselves uh, as presenting the mechanist anti-Aristotelian philosophy, following from Francis Bacon <laughs> and John Locke. So he's he, he harshly condemns these guys. They were co- corpuscularians who thought that they could um, reorient the universe in non anti Aristotelian terms that did not stem from a divine creation. That's
1: so funny. That's such a woman a moment for me. Can we all yeah. take a moment of silence for that? That yeah. I read that and I was like a karmic I gotcha. Gotcha. Like that, I'm with you. Okay, a karmic mechanic. Gotcha. Pious. <laughs> Pious X. Bingo. Botanic. All right, sir.
0: Got you, bub. <laughs> no, I, I love you, Steffi. you <laughs> um, Okay. Stupid retardo Christian feminist number 11. Gonna... My husband and I just help each other. We're equals. Oh. We don't need to um, designate who's the boss, even though God in nature designated it that way and wanted it promulgated that way. Um, Okay, so you're dysphoric, I guess you admit. How about this? The Catechism of the Catholic Church, the fruity one, promulgated in 1993, the super liberal one that that wants to make everyone feel good, says this, Holy Scripture affirms that man and woman were created for one another. Oh, oh, now that's a little fruity because woman was created for man, not the other way around. That runs into actual technical problems. It was not good that the man was alone. So they acknowledge man was there first, even in the 1993 catechism. Woman, flesh of his flesh, dot, 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 I'm looking for it, was given to him by God as a helpmate. So even, and they they got, they misspelled it. Helpmate is spelled H-E-L-P-M-E-E-T, people, not M-A-T-E. That's a modern perversion. They spell that way, but even the CCC, Says to these women that say, "Well, my husband and I help each other." No, you are his helpmate. He's not your helpmate. Do you understand that? Doesn't mean he doesn't help you out. I ask you all the time. You want me to get you a cup of coffee? Always oh, your head you hurting? Do lots of Tylenol, nice tea. For me. I'm beverage boy. I always get everyone. I get the little kids oh, a beverage after dinner. You guys want tea, hot chocolate? That's me. But that's just because I try to be nice. You owe me being helpmate. I don't owe it. It's a boon on top. When that's you do difference.
1: things we do nice things for each other it's never demanded or expected on my end <laughs> um not to be mean but like when i hear women say well my husband helps uh we help each other i'm like listen that sucks. your job if you're around the house the things you have to do around your house are very easy um very easy like changing a diaper cleaning up they're not difficult tasks are you that incompetent where like you can't do those things? Like just right. get them done. If Change they, if the diaper, lady. A person coming in the house, like coming to the house, like oh uh, we have a surprise guest, and like your husband's like oh here I'll help you straighten up. That's a nicety that he's helping you with. But the I think most women expect men to do their job for them or the around the house, out. yeah. And those jobs are very simple. They're very easy. You should be able to do these chores and tasks on your own. And
0: the men should respond by saying that. You ought to be able to do this on your own. I trust this to you. Help me.
1: Yeah, this is your job. Get, Get it done. Treat it like you would if you were in a profession and your boss was like, these are your tasks throughout the day. Just remember how you would act if there was a boss that was paying you to do these things. Right. And you know you wouldn't be sassing off and lazing off and being like, oh, boss, I can't do it. I need I, help.
0: I think back <laughs> to when I worked first year attorney in the law <laughs> shop. And that's all about putting you to the test and really treating you like a slave, it, not a, not a pleasant work environment. And my boss, Robert, would purposely test me. Mm-hmm. He would come in, he'd tell me a bunch of stuff, and he'd be like, don't write it down. Go research these five or six things in our law library. I don't want to see you write them down. I'm like, come on, man. He would come in my office at three on Fridays, every Friday. He'd stand with his foot up on the door and be like, what you got going on this weekend? He'd make me commit to I either have busyness tomorrow or not. Half the time he'd say, come on in tomorrow, Saturday. Half the time he wouldn't. So the the cruel whimsy of the employer type boss um, is one that never gets argued with by Dwight Shrewd workplace women, the uh, you know you would never think of saying. I would never have thought of saying to Robert, "Yo, why don't you come in and help me on a Saturday?" No, I own this law shop. My name's on the door, bro. I'm not gonna come in. I would never say that. <laughs> well, well, are you gonna come in and change half the diapers here at work? Diapers being filed, these legal briefs. Hell to the no. He would say, and I didn't say it to him, and none of these women would either. They just mistreat their women. Their, sorry, their men.
2: Freudian kids. slip <laughs>
0: because they're bitter feminists. That That's the only reason they do it. They would never do it to their boss and I read for you the catechism saying call your husband Lord apart from Almighty God. He is your Lord, not your pimpy workplace boss which you're not even supposed to have
1: and and by okay. the way ladies like your husband didn't c- like create these tasks like diaper changing and the fact that you have to clean a toilet these are just things that adult human biological beings have to do throughout their their week to get to be functional this is not something your husband just be like oh by the way um there's this new thing out that i'm gonna insist that you do it's called cleaning a toilet And this is what you're going to... These are just things like a a, a functional household. So if we're taking our... If you stood up at the altar and you said, I'm going to be a wife and a mother, you're an intelligent person. You know that that requires diaper changing, possibly becoming pregnant and giving birth, nursing a child, um, having intercourse with your husband. There are things that are just... You'll have a home. The carpets will need to be vacuumed. A counter will need to be washed. And
0: the only (laughs) conditions... That a a wife ought to be comfortable being like, would you help me with these wifely tasks? Should be as exigent, as pressing, as those which would have made me ask my boss, could you come help me with it? It would be literally something like, we're getting an audit of the law shop tomorrow. I need all this done. I don't have enough hours to do it. We're going to get busted by an audit. Unless can you and can all the other partners help me do this? That's the only time if like... What was hanging in the other, uh, in vain balance was total ruin and despair. That's the only time you've ever asked me, hey, would you do, would you, uh, you've never asked me to cook, but would you uh, clean, would you do this diaper? (laughs) It would would be awful. The diaper might go in the food. (laughs) But look, let's, 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 I want to get to number 12 and then get the heck out of here. I do this? These women will say this violates (laughs) two first principles. Well, okay, so you've made your case. Uh, I guess I'm wrong. And they're still mad. I guess I'm wrong. But isn't it an insecure thing to have to say all these things about men being boss and women being their subordinates? Even if it's true, isn't it kind of secretly really wrong or insecure or lame of you to say? Nope. That's not how the principle of proportionate cause works. That's not how the principle of uh, contradiction works. If it's true and it's not immoral to propose it propositionally, to reason it through, it's not immoral or in some other way disordered to say it. It's not immoral or disordered to act it out then it's definitely not disordered or immoral for me and Steph to tell people you ought to act this out. What that's called is a woman being womanish and desperate when we've destroyed her with a 28-page document full of scripture, tradition, magisterium saying you're absolutely wrong. So that's the last thing they'll say. Isn't it insecure to say all this even if you're right? We've walked you through, guys, who are just dating, 12 of the main tricks that chicks will use when they're wrong in general, not just about this issue.
1: And I would say that the reason that we're in the mess that we are in is the state of the family, the state of the church being super feminized, uh, just like the degenerate, like just uh, everything, the muck that's going on is because people haven't been saying this enough. The church now during mass will actually bracket out Ephesians 5 when it is one of the- In the, the ra- missile. In the missile and give the option for priests to read that holy word because it upsets so many women. It invites them say not to read. If it. you say that, is it insecure to say that? Then I'd say that you have your <laughs> head in the sand. that You are dumb because this everything that we're saying here hasn't been said nearly enough right. by nearly enough voices, and it's the absolute truth. Absolutely. So you're going to hear us say it more,
0: not less. <laughs> They're trying to get us to say it more because we're pricking their consciences. Yeah. That's what it boils Shoot down that. to. The the feminists, meaning men and women, they're all dysphorics. We want the best for you guys. It's hard to hear this about yourself when you're living this way. It's hard not to wage a, 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 a nasty revolution just because that revolution represents principles that are accordant with how you're living and discordant with right reason. Don't right. do that. Just make your principles conformed to right reason. Fulton Sheen used to say, if you don't live the way you believe, you'll soon believe the way you live. That's what's happening. Now, a a runner up for number 12, dumbest thing they'll say, which is kind of hilarious, about all of these Christian feminists that because now fewer and fewer people on the right wing are on their side because we've waged this avalanche. (laughs) Now they're kind of shifting with the tide and they're saying, um, well, even St. Paul had a conversion. That's another dumb thing you'll hear them say. And here's the thing. When I was on, when I was in some some specific ways that needed to be tweaked, I was wrong about a couple of the Vatican II constitutions and a couple people pointed out to me that I'd been wrong. I didn't just flip over secretly and then cover my tracks and hope no one had ever seen me. I went on Matt Fradd's show, which was blowing up at the time a <laughs> uh, couple of couple of winters ago. And I said, I was wrong on these things. And I, I wasn't even all the way wrong on them, but I was I was somewhat wrong on them and I want to own them publicly. What's happening now, also on Matt Fradd's show, I think coming up in an hour, maybe an hour and a half, is um, Christian Feminist... Carrie Gress, who is not a fan of our books, especially Steph's, not a fan, going on and saying she's now with Christian patriarchy. And, you know, with a little bit more of owning her past, Abby Johnson did the same thing, and some other Christian feminists are kind of turning around on this, Noelle we have We have a good laugh at this, because these are some of the biggest non-fans of particularly Steph's book. And you know what's not a laugh? Is having a conversion the wrong way. St. Paul didn't say, what are you talking about? I was never a Pharisee. I was always a Christian. Yeah, if you want to have the Saint the the Saul of Tarsus conversion and become St. Paul, you own it. You own what you did. I know that's hard for women. Accountability is very hard for women. It's even hard for men. Men are more built for it.
1: There were even women who read my book who hated it, who absolutely hated it, were coming out publicly for it. And then I just noticed, this is not a coincidence, that they dropped like 50 pounds within like the time they read it to then I saw a picture of them. And I'm like, okay. Are like, any of
0: them famous? Can
1: you just say, ones that I know read my book, but I know for a fact did, and we're throwing a fit about that. Then all of a sudden they like trimmed up. There is, I, I, I'm sick Because Tim will do this, I think, pretty well. Like, if he's wrong about something or he thinks something, he'll come out and publicly say, hey, I I thought this this wasn't the case. But people have attacked us so badly behind the scenes. You wouldn't even, guys, you would not even believe the nastiness that- We won't say who and we won't say what they did. I specifically endured with my book the vindictiveness, the manipulation, and the, the just outright nastiness that I've received from certain people- And for them to be out, many of them out there now, like, like talking about this, like you first off, you owe me an apology and a public one. And if you're going to now be on this team, have the humility to say, hey, I rethought this. You're not allowed to just behind the scenes, try to ruin somebody's life and then publicly come out on the very topic that you're behind the scenes trying to destroy somebody's life on. You, at least privately, owe an apology or an acknowledgement.
0: We're not saying not who. And not publicly. And we're not saying what happened. Not but, saying who. But they're- M- it,
1: Not even mentioned during maybe, the show. Yeah. Perhaps, but-
0: um, The point is, this is not the way to have a Saul of Tarsus conversion. You wholly own your nasty past with feminism. But that's mm-hmm. what they're doing. They're only going halfway, and then they're trying to water down, like- um, Noam Chomsky said to do. They're saying, well, now we're for the patriarchy, but the patriarchy means the men to change diapers. Nope. It means the opposite.
1: It never did.
0: It never did. And it never will.
1: Not while we're still kicking.
0: Not, yeah, we're, not we're not on our watch. <laughs>
1: not on our watch. I know sister. how
0: I know how the um, let's call him the autumn groiper must feel now that he sees Charlie Kirk making all of his points after calling him nasty names. Oh
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. I know
0: how the autumn groper yeah. must feel. Though all those. America First, kids, I really, I, I empathize strongly and you must as well. This this person that was calling me a nasty, uh, uh, you know, whatever hater is now stealing all my points. That's odd. Without ever saying, hey, I was wrong, Autumn Groiper convinced me about thus and such. Charlie Kirk is now just, I guess, no longer at the wailing wall, gnashing it's his so teeth true. or whatever. He's making all it's of crazy. Autumn Groiper's points.
1: It's crazy to me. It's crazy to, to me to see, like, hypocrisy. So,
0: you know why it's not crazy? Because <clears throat> Christian feminists are retarded.
1: <laughs> and on that note,
0: God bless you all. <laughs>